1: The Democrats on the January 6th committee have subpoenaed many of, of Trump's allies, notably Steve Bannon, who is refusing to comply with the subpoena, which means the Democrats are going to hold him in contempt. And now you can see all across Twitter, people are saying send in the marshals. They are gleefully cheering for the arrest of a political rival who they accuse of being involved in the insurrection. And it's all based on lies. It's all based on lies. So we know that Steve Bannon said that he was there helping organize a rally. The leftist media then took that and tried to make it seem like he said he organized the active riot at the Capitol. That is the sentiment requ- uh, that that's the, the fake news that riles people up who then say arrest him and arrest him now. And it's it's absolutely getting crazy. We got we got other stories in fake news, my friends. We've got CNN and Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan grilling Sanjay Gupta, getting him to say, yes, you're right. CNN should not have said ivermectin was horse dewormer or that you were taking it. But then Sanjay Gupta goes on Aaron Burnett's show, who lied about it, and Don Lemon's show, who lied about it, and they double down and Sanjay Gupta does not correct them because they are fake news. But outside of that, I think it's all part of the bigger, a bigger story in that. Economy is collapsing. We're on the verge of some kind of civil war. We're we're actively seeing now people trying to arrest each you know their political rivals, which has has been the case I guess for several years. We've just resisted the actual action of doing so, but now it's looking like it's getting to that point. And we have a this is crazy a jail warden in DC being held in contempt over violating the civil rights of one of the January 6th defendants. So maybe that's some some good news in the end, that some judges are actually going to be like, yo, people have civil rights. But I think in the long run, it's feeling like eh, falling apart. Well, joining us to talk all about this is Will Chamberlain of Human Events.
2: Yes, uh, I'm a lawyer, co-publisher of Human Events, senior counsel to the Internet Accountability Project, which fights big tech abuse. Um, And always happy to be here with you guys.
3: Welcome. Hi, my name's Luke (laughs) Radowski, and I really do believe that independent media could only survive with members area, and that's why the shirt I'm wearing right now is only one that you could get exclusively... By being a part of LukeUncensored.com There's no profit to us And you could wear our unofficial uniform Of our not-secret society And uh, Instagram is telling people not to follow me We're going to be talking about that later But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, wow, it's, it's crazy real. out there Yeah, it's I un- real
1: I unfollowed Luke to see what would happen Then followed him And it's like, are you sure you want to follow this guy? He's fake news <laughs> uh, Our
3: fact checker said so uh, It's it's mind-boggling uh, I got, Luke, I got are, a lot to say news? about this
2: Like, I, I feel like I want to know this Just in case I ever want to. Yeah. Yeah, is end. it yeah. contagious? <laughs> Can we catch the it fake news? from? I mean, you,
3: fo- you guys just followed me, so you guys are probably on the second list of the main list, so uh, be warned. I mean, you guys are there, too, so uh, welcome to the club. <laughs> I've been following you
4: since before you were fake news, so I wonder if they'll <laughs> have me on some sort of list now.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think
4: uh, long a long time ago. I guess we're yeah. listing ourselves by putting ourselves on social media. Interesting yeah. world we live in. Hey, Will, I'm glad you're here. Jordan, congratulations, to you guys. First time I've seen you guys since, uh, you tied the knot. Mm-hmm. Yes, Welcome indeed. in the studio,
2: bro. Yeah. No, it's good to be back. A married man and, uh, baby on the way. Yes, Cindy, oh, we, we made a public announcement about that. Yeah. Finally. yeah so, very so exciting. what's married life like? Uh, it's nice, I guess. I, I, I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, is it that different from pre-married life? Not, not under the circumstances, I guess. I don't know. You know, very well spoke. Very so. awesome. Thanks, man. Well, I'm also here pushing hey,
0: buttons. Hopefully better tonight. I'm finally getting to the swing of things. Always find that getting a new routine when you start a new like method of doing things is key. So bear with me. Thanks, guys. Before we You're get started, greatly. my friends,
1: head over to timcast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up after the show. As per usual, it usually goes up around 11 or so p.m., and uh, with your support, we're funding tons of awesome journalism. We've got new shows on the way. We have the Green Room Show, which is going to be a member exclusive show of our Green Room with our guests. And that'll be every Friday. So now we're going to have Tim K. Starrell stuff Monday through Friday with the Green Room Show. We also have the new show Tales from the Inverted World. And yes, we are hosting an event live in person with performances by Ryan Long and Danny Polishchuk. So you know Ryan and Danny from all the skits they do. They'll be doing a stand-up routine. It's going to be in the Harper's Ferry area. And it's uh, sold out like instantly. So I apologize to those who couldn't get tickets, but um, we'll have more information on the event coming up. It's going to be on October 23rd. So about a week from now in Harper's Ferry, stay tuned. There may still be an opportunity for people to come. If they weren't able to get a ticket, we will get that all sorted. Uh, that being said, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's talk about the news. Let's talk about the absolute chaos that is affecting this country. And man, the spark of civil war never seemed closer. We got this from the BBC. Now, I, I chose the BBC on purpose because it's not an American news outlet. So I was really interested in how they would frame it, especially it kind of left establishment. They write Steve Bannon, Congress plots criminal charge for former Trump aide. Mr. Bannon has, has been summoned to testify before the congressional panel investigating the riot on Thursday. He did not appear, prompting the head of the committee to schedule a Tuesday vote to hold him in critical, criminal contempt. If con- convicted, Mr. Bannon faces a fine up to one year in prison. Democrats say he is trying to delay the probe. Mr. Bannon, a former right-wing media executive who became Mr. Trump's chief strategist, was fired from the White House. Yeah, yeah, we get it. He was asked to testify regarding his communication with Mr. Trump a week before the incident, as well as his involvement in discussing plans to overturn the election results that saw Joe Biden in the White House. I don't, I, I don't know if that's fair framing. He's not to overturn the election results. He certainly thinks there's widespread fraud. But what they're doing is, there was this thing he said. Where he was like, you know, I was there and I was talking with Trump right before the rally and like helped organize it or something. And they're trying to take that and reframe it as though he said he organized the riot, which he didn't. Now my big, my, the, the, the bigger thing here to me that's scary. Establishment Democrats and for all intents and purposes, Republicans, but they're actually Democrats are now actually going after people. They're going after private citizens to force them to testify in their, in their crackpot probe. This, if they actually come and arrest Bannon over this, it's, it's like we're dangerously close, in my opinion, to a spark of, of some kind of civil war.
2: Um, I, I, I wouldn't be quite so pessimistic in the short term because I think ultimately the, the amount of time it will take them to even get to the point, right? Like, tra- Congress doesn't have the ability to charge somebody with contempt or prosecute them, right? They re- re- they're relying on referring it to the U.S. Attorney of D.C., and then that actually has to go through normal criminal process. Um, Bannon's not just making a claim that basically he's not, he's making a claim. Like I read the lawyer, the letter he sent to his lawyer or his lawyer sent to the Congress and he's, they're claiming, look, the, you know, the president's claimed his executive privilege and I'm as an aide to him or somebody who, you know, was talking with them. I'm bound by that. I'll be happily to produce the documents. If you come to an agreement with the Trump, you know, the Trump people, or if you get a court order saying so, um, under those circumstances, i don't know if they're going to be able to prove criminal contempt. It'll take a long time to get proven, but I think the really big problem here is you know you notice what they're talking about. What is the January sixth commission about? Is it designed to help with any legislative purpose
1: no no it's, 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 it that and that's the bigger issue right yeah I'm not saying that we're at the point where you know all of a sudden we're going to see another you know c n n showing up at six in the morning to Bannon's house or anything like that but we're 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 moving from we had in the Trump era lock her up, you know, arrest Hillary Clinton and a lot of people being like, yeah, she should be arrested. I mean, she should be locked up for the email scandal at the very least, let alone lots mm-hmm. of other things that went down with with uh, you know, the Clinton Foundation and serious things that should be investigated. And now we're moving towards people are actively cheering and screaming on both sides for the arrest of the other side. Like yeah. I can't imagine regardless of who's right or wrong, that this is going to lead somewhere good
2: no it's it's not and, and the fact that we're even doing committees l- like this like again congress is the reason they have subpoena power they're not they're not a court they're not and they also don't have law enforcement power right that's in the executive branch they have legislative power so the goal of any committee has to have some legislative purpose they can you know and it makes sense they can subpoena something the executive branch is doing because they kind of oversee it they authorize the funding for it but here it's like they're doing an investigation of private criminal behavior right With, or what they think pri- objectionable private behavior well that's that's a star chamber. Like they they don't have to go get a warrant when they go issue these subpoenas. Um and so there has to be some limitation on what they can subpoena based on and they're and apparently they've just decided, "No, we we can just subpoena people to embarrass our political opponents." Yeah. And that's efficient. But this
3: this purpose. is not nothing new. I mean, they've been doing it to lower level people. And I think it's only escalating to where it's now. And I wouldn't be surprised if, even if it does take a long time, that they're still going to try to go after Bannon criminally because they go after people politically all the time. You mm-hmm. look at the activities of the FBI. They are extremely political. They choose and select who they go after. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein, 30 years, doesn't matter. Oh, someone lied to Congress? We have to get a SWAT team in front of their house with CNN right in the morning uh, as fast as we can. Well, as
2: long as the name's not James Clapper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly,
3: uh, Or Dr. Fauci, yeah. uh, our lord and savior, Dr. Fauci, who's who's always right, I, never wrong. And, and That, that uh, was
1: really one of my favorite moments when Rand Paul was like, you conducted gain-of-function research. Gain of function research is defined as modifying a virus to increase in, you know, infectivity. And then Fauci's like, we didn't do gain of function research. We just modified a virus for increased infectivity. Yeah. He, went,
2: and I'm he like, went full lawyer, yeah. right? right? He went, he went full like, <laughs> I am being deposed. You know, Fauci, who's normally like open in his language and very It is not a loose. door. Yeah. It
1: yeah. is a large wooden object with a latch that when you turn a metal object, Releases it, allowing that, uh, that, that wooden pl- plank to be moved. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's
3: just a coincidence that it's almost the same genetic sequence that we were asking for grant funding with the exact cleavage site, with the exact sickness that's going around the world right now. It's just, you know, a, a coincidence, uh, not here to question anything, uh, you know, YouTube overlords, do please, you see, we love the, Fauci. You
1: see that woman <laughs> who was skydiving? You see that? Mm. Yes, and, that was so, brilliant. So there's a woman and she's skydiving and the, the instructor who they're, fly, they're in tandem. His helmet said, Arrest Fauci, InfoWars.com. And then she posted, like, <laughs> I trusted this man with my life. And it wasn't until after we saw the photo, we realized what the sticker said. And she was, like, shocked. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? That, like, this flight instructor was like, I'm going down with her to, like, get her or something? They're attached yeah, he's together. Got, he's got a, a sticker on his forehead. That, that, that's how insane it is, though. You know, I think there, there's a one of the phenomena, one of the circumstances in the culture war conservatives don't care interacting with the left or I shouldn't even say conservatives, but like whatever the freedom side is doesn't mind going to a store owned by a bunch of people with Biden flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a Biden flags all over and they sell cupcakes. I, I like, I want a cupcake. I don't care that much. The other way around though, they'll throw a brick through your window. This woman's freaking out. Like I can not even go skydiving. So look, Donald Trump didn't do nearly enough with the presidential powers. Agreed. The Democrats, as soon as they get power,
4: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of Republicans. I remember remember the national emergency debate about whether the president should declare a national emergency to try and build the wall. And how much, like, establishment Republicans were like, well, this will set a really bad precedent that Democrats could exploit. And it's like, you say that, and then when Democrats take power, they all complain about, look at all the unprecedented things that Democrats are doing. It's like, if they do unprecedented things, maybe you shouldn't really care that much about what precedents you set, because they don't, ca- the Democrats don't
3: care. But, but Will, they're, they're paid, you know, a lot of money just to be, you know, the second level Democrats.
2: You didn't know about this. They're, I mean, they're paid love, just I, to be the cushion yeah. for, you There's know, the globalist agenda that yes. they're pushing Washington through. General.
1: That is such a good analogy. Who came up with that one?
2: It wasn't me originally. Uh, but it might've been, it might've been Kurt Schlichter. I don't know. The Wash
1: the Republicans, the Washington generals to the Democrats, Harlem Globetrotters. also traitors. might've been
2: Yarvin, uh, back in the day. I don't know. But like, that's, that's actually, I think, yeah, it's a very good description. Like what is their purpose?
1: And so people are like, how come Tim Pool is always ragging on Democrats? I'm like, because Mitch McConnell is sitting on his hands. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's it's- not much to complain about other than he's ineffective. And well, I'll tell you this. How much money did he make over his career in the Senate? He's tens of millions of dollars. Man, screw all of these corrupt. Yeah, I was almost gonna swear, but I won't do it. It's all <laughs> the same. It's all the same. They make say so they somehow they get a salary of you know 170 to 200k. And they become worth 30 40 million dollars. Nancy Pelosi. Maxine Waters buying a mansion. It's all the same. There's
3: there's people on TikTok literally making their careers off of stock picks that Nancy Pelosi makes. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the level of, of, of... Seriously, this is not funny. This is <laughs> real. Nancy the amount, of money, the amount of money that she made is absolutely insane. But but uh, what's happening to Bannon, I believe, is a part of a slippery slope because we saw what happened politically when people on the left, when they were protesting for left issues, were arrested. They raised money for them. They got them out. They hired... They, they elected prosecutors george soros dumped a huge amount of money into local politics and they were able to rig the game where their people don't go to jail their people don't get prosecuted but if you sneeze in the wrong direction if you're a part of the opposite party you're going to see a heavy hammer come down on you uh and with uh, on average americans committing three felonies a day when we have the politicization of our justice system we're slowly evolving into the destruction of it and i think this is the start i think it started a long time ago but i think this is the Beginning of it, and it's. I think it's only going to swell and and be made worse uh, moving forward.
1: I see someone in the chat said, "Tim, run for Senate." And you know, I was thinking about it just now, and I'm like, if I did and I won, I would get really, really rich. You know, because you you, (laughs) as as a member of the Senate, you'll make on average, I think, two to three million dollars a year on your 174 thousand dollar salary. So it sounds sounds pretty good. You know, run for Senate, somehow become a millionaire. Because I, I, it's just magic. It's just, you know, just all of a sudden money just appears and yeah. no one knows where it comes from.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it, it comes from Hunter Biden style deals. <laughs> you, just, you just need to have children and then you can have them go earn. You, you earn you could, you get a, You money.
3: could probably get a cushy job at Pfizer afterwards or, or Google or, you know, you'll get some donations from a lot of these multinational corporations and industrial complexes. I mean, your life is set and you get a congressional salary for the rest of your life.
1: Do you really, though? I heard that was a myth.
3: I don't uh, – I've heard that was true. I, someone will fact-check us very soon yeah. here in the comment section, which I'm paying attention
2: I to. If, I don't know if that's but, true. Uh, I, I just – getting back to this, I, I want Democrats – Republicans next time in their power, which they probably will be. And you know, we might have a DeSantis or somebody as like a president. Yeah,
1: nominee. but like look, unless Republicans win primaries, mm-hmm. and that means getting America first or populist candidates to actually win, you're going to end up with Kevin McCarthy, McConnell, Graham – and they're going to be like, I'm going to fight extra hard. And then the camera turns off and they high five Joe Biden.
2: The Congress, I don't know how to fix the Congress problem, but I think, you, you know, the executive branch is is fixable in a world where a Republican executive branch was particularly ruthless in a way that made Democrats realize maybe we need to change the rules. But that, but Trump, like, you mean? Not Trump. Trump Trump is not the answer on that front. I mean, people, Trump was you know, not ruthless enough. Well, I mean, he's, he, he was just like a novice full. pilot in a 747 cockpit. Like he didn't, yeah. he got, he didn't know what buttons to press. And like early on, he pressed some buttons really aggressively with like the travel ban and a few other things like that and got zapped. And so then he just kind of was like, I'm just going to put the thing on autopilot. Like I'm, when it comes to ex- exercising his executive authority to try and like screw the other side, he was just like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And it's like, he could have
1: pardoned a lot of people.
2: He could have done so much with his power. And it's like, that's why one of the reasons I'm like, I want a lawyer next time, because this isn't, you know, people are like, "Man, we need a deal maker." It's like, "No, no, 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 we're not making deals anymore." Mm-hmm. There's no deals yeah. to be made. This isn't bipartisan world. This is use the legal authority that you have available to you to to cement your power and make the other side's lives miserable. Isn't
1: Desantis a lawyer?
2: Yes. Okay, that's Harvard Law Degree.
1: Let's talk about this other story. So, uh, Will brought this up to us before the show. I missed this one. Judge holds Washington D.C. jail officials in contempt in a January 6th riot case. Basically, they say. Uh, that Judge Royce Lamberth summoned the jail officials as part of the criminal case into Christopher Worrell, a member of the Proud Boys, who had been charged in the January 6th attack at the Capitol. He'd been accused of attacking police officers with pepper spray gel, and prosecutors have alleged he traveled to Washington and coordinated with Proud Boys. It's clear to me the civil rights of the defendant were violated by the D.C. Department of Corrections, Lamberth said. I don't know if it's because he's a January 6th defendant or not. The judge ordered Quincy Booth, the director of the city's Department of Corrections, and Wanda Patton, the warden of D.C. Jail, to be held in contempt of court. While he did not impose any sanctions or penalties, the judge said he was referring the matter to the Justice Department to investigate whether the civil rights of the inmates in the jail are being violated. This is big. So this is over—what was it? He had, a, he had a surgery
2: he needed or something? He had a broken wrist that he got in May, Mr. Worrell, who's also and, suffering and did he get and, the did he get the break in jail? Yes, he got the break while in custody. Okay. Um, and. Uh, it, apparently, and it still apparently has not yet gotten the necessary surgery um, to do it. You know, this is a very, very basic thing we expect from our jails. Um and now they're torturing these guys, man! I mean, the the, yeah. the the only you know the best explanation, the most charitable one, is just pure incompetence, right? Like the DC mm-hmm. jail is just this bad for everybody, which is not exactly you know heartwarming, right? Either way, you're either intentionally making life these people's lives miserable. Or yeah, I know the the DC defendants or the January 6th defense are kind of in their own separate facility right now. Is my understanding they were kept segregated from the rest of the general population, and maybe that facility has its just own huge problems. Um,
3: well, well, if you remember last year when this story was developing, I was even telling people. Sorry, this year, <laughs> uh, earlier this year, uh, at around February, I was, I was, uh, you know, bringing up this conversation where there was already reports of torture, of people being put in solitary confinement, of people being beat back then. So to hear that some of these people are still in solitary confinement, that they're being held in their own unit, I mean, this definitely seems overboard. I mean, solitary confinement for, walking into a building i mean some of the people did commit some crimes but but even then when you when you compare it to you know some of the crimes happening in major urban areas now i mean there's 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 uh, not much to compare here
2: or just i mean even the treatment of the of the uh, you know the rioters the antifa rioters um over the course of the past few years i mean there was actually one case um judge trevor mcfadden you know he was giving a sentence and somebody who had pled to misdemeanor and i think the you know the the you know, the government was asking for three months in jail or something like that. And he gave them like three months probation or in like no jail time at all and basically said, like, I don't think you guys are serious. You guys have not treated these the same way as the other the defendants. Like there is criminal activity here. So there's going to be a punishment. You pled to a misdemeanor. That's a crime. But like you guys are, you're, you're wildly overblowing this with asking for you know, serious car, you know, incarceration. Look, look,
1: we we got to be real on, on, on part of it though is that the left has uh, experience yeah and not just with their tactics while they insurrect, but also also the legal apparatus so when uh, on on january 7th uh, january uh, it was january of 2017 um 21st i think it was trump's inauguration i was there uh luke you were there Yep. we were running through the streets and it's really funny what happened was we were running and there was this moment where luke and i made two different choices a row of police were forming And Luke just ran for it.
3: And I got pepper sprayed very heavily for it because they were spraying the pepper spray. And I was like, I'm seeing the circle. I'm like, uh, it's either now or never. I get out. And
1: I decided to go into the stairwell of a building. Unfortunately, that's the decision every other Antifa made. And the cops immediately surrounded the whole group. So this whole group of people, which was several hundred people, ultimately after like an hour, I got released. They said I had been arrested three times. A lot of people, are, they don't know what arrest means. I wasn't, pro, I wasn't processed or charged. I was arrested. But eventually a, a supervisor came out, showed him my, my press pass. He pulled me and some other journalists up. But all of those people were charged and they were charged with conspiracy because they couldn't prove any one person was the person who was setting things on fire, who, who, that, that torched the limousine or, or threw bricks through windows. And so they said, charge them all with conspiracy, which, which doesn't fly. The state mm-hmm. has to prove you as a person did something wrong and they can't prove simply by wearing a hoodie. This is the tactic, and it's why they do it,
2: yeah, regardless,
1: yep. regardless. when it came to January 6th, even if people were wearing masks or otherwise, they went above and beyond to torture these people in prison. These antifa people spent it was overnight in jail, and the next day they walked out to thunderous applause of people outside. These are people who were running through the streets setting fires beating like like smashing windows, destroying property. They torched a limo that belonged to some immigrant who had a small business. Hmm. These people get a slap on the wrist. And and a
3: lot of their charges were dropped, too. I remember hearing a lot about their charges. The mainstream media was actually talking about it, how this was a travesty of injustice, how this was political pro- a prosecution. And then I remember a lot of people who were a part of it got off. But you compare that to the story of Thomas Caldwell, who he's a 66-year-old Navy and FBI veteran. And according to him, he was never inside of the Capitol he never was a part of oath keepers. He never committed any acts of violence against the state that day, but the state charged him as an oath keeper leader saying that he led the charge, organized everything, and put him in solitary confinement for 49 days. He was just able to go out, uh, of solitary confinement. He's speaking out against this story. Thomas Caldwell, he is raising money because the legal fees he says is, uh, is, is exacerbating him and destroying his his livelihood and he's uh he's saying that his farm's going to be taken away soon so he's still facing some legal court proceedings but hearing stories of this 66 year old guy who again is an fbi veteran is a is, is an old uh navy uh, military member to to hear th- this kind of happened to me definitely shows me a totally different picture uh than what happened during the trump inauguration
1: and look at that woman who they, they the feds raided her house in alaska wrong person wrong right? person
3: because someone uh on the airlines they got in she got in an argument over a mask um on one of the airlines and they snitched and they called the fbi and um the fbi followed up on the story uh very vigilant vigilantly or vigilantly yeah I mean,
1: we get to a point with these conversations where I'm just like, can we just pull wor- like words out of a hat to make headlines? Like if the subject is the right gets censored, the libertarian, the freedom, the anti-war types are the ones who get censored and the establishment shills and the Democrats don't. And the law enforcement is heavily weighted against people who are in support of freedom and opposition to the establishment. And Antifa gets a free pass, and the Proud Boys rot in prison. Why? Why? It's almost like, do we even need NPR to tell us this is happening? We could just be like, hey, here's the news, guys. The January 6 defendants are being tortured. Antifa is being let go. Moving on. I don't. I don't need a source for that because it just happens all the time. Right
4: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a
2: guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I mean, you know, our one, I think as you mentioned, our side is very bad at crime in no way that the left is not. The left (laughs) is just much better at crime. Yeah, Um, they are. They are. You know, I'm reminded of, you know, Charles Barkley talking about Jesse Smollett and being like, America, don't commit crimes with checks. Well, I want to be like, America, don't, don't enter the Capitol without a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're done that way. But also clearly there's just this enormous double standard in the way they're treated. I'm reminded of like a gombin and the state of exception. The sovereign is he who decides in the exception. And it's like, we have this world where, you know, this is like the idea that we have equal justice between different political sides is a total fiction, um, that what we're seeing is just is a total joke. And, and Even and, if
1: Republicans take back the House, they're not going to do anything.
2: They won't impeach Biden. Yeah, they should. They, they won't. He, he should be impeached. I mean, uh, he, he could have been impeached the moment he did that thing with the eviction moratorium where he said, right. I don't think this is constitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then the Supreme Court said, you can't do it. And he goes,
1: yeah, I'll do it again.
2: Yeah. And then it's like, I know it's probably gonna be found unconstitutional, I just don't really care and it'll 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 last a couple of months for it to go through the court system and that's time that they won't be evicted, so that's fine. Like so no, that's impeachable. you you have a duty it. to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. So if you knowingly violate the constitution, it's man. It's impeachable. It's just but it's you know, they're like they're so feckless in comparison you, to the Democrats who are already talking about just putting Republican political operatives in jail.
1: People gotta get active in the primaries and the state level. That's that's everything. But I saw that Kevin McCarthy has like record fundraising. You know, he he's like $60 million or something in the first nine months of the year. And I'm just like, why?
2: Like, he's so, uh. They don't, you
4: know.
1: they're just, they're, they're, they're on the same team as the Democrats. It's a show.
4: Exactly. This is why when you brought up Clapper, I thought that James Clapper sitting in front of Congress, testifying saying, we did not wittingly spy on the American people. Blatant lie. And then they let him go. They still haven't charged him with any kind of perjury or anything. It's beyond. General
3: Hayden, who's a part of NewsGuard, literally said the same thing. Former CIA, uh, and NSA head said, no, we're not spying on anyone. It's, uh, it's beyond
4: okay. politics. It's like the administrative state is protecting their own. Yeah. I, I, maybe Biden's part of that. Maybe of course Fauci's part of that. Of course he is. It's,
2: that's. It's a big club I, I, and you ain't in it. I don't think you can use politics to, to, defend against that i mean you you know that's ultimately there is a world where you can that the administrative state is subordinate to the white house and the white house a white house that knew what they were doing and was really like aggressive with their use of power could really do real damage to the administrative state the trump white house was not that white house it just what well, because they just were they got they were real real cautious and weren't willing to you know, do the make the changes that needed to be
4: made. Obama, you think he knew how, but just was co opted or something? Or Obama
2: was part of it. Like, Obama was the administrative state's candidate. That's a good way to think of Biden. Biden is like, you know, Biden is team administrative state. The entire premise of like Democrat presidents is like, we will get out of the way and let the bureaucracy do their thing. Right. That's, that's basically how they operate. Like, Biden's not, you know, that's so the idea that you have a Democrat president really do anything about the administrative state. Are you kidding? And that's their base. That's, that's their. That's their whole the premise of their electing them in the first place.
1: We had a story several years ago that was published by Gizmodo that Facebook was censoring conservative news because they had this trending tab and this, the, the employees there were basically told or had this bias, conservative news sources are fake news, so they'd remove them from trending. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing people start getting censored and banned and, and, and the social media was manipulated. And then I said the Republicans are too stupid to solve this problem to save their own... Candidacies, their, their, own represent, uh, their own seats. Now we have this from the New York Post. Mark Zuckerberg spent $419 million on nonprofits ahead of the 2020, 2020 election and got out the Dem vote.
2: And they're really not very grateful for that, I don't think. No. Was, they're, they're, you know, with a combination of antitrust and this, you know, this Francis Haugen-type regulation. Um, I
1: don't You know, there's, there's a conspiracy theory that she's working with Facebook. That she's a fake whistleblower because she's saying everything Zuckerberg has already said. People need to understand this. Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, please provide us with regulation so we can deal with this. Now all of a sudden a whistleblower comes out, instantly verified on Twitter? Oh, come on. And then uh,
2: tomorrow I'll be in Congress. And
3: then Facebook releases a statement and guidelines about how the internet should be
2: censored. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, they, they do kind of like, they would rather be in a world where they're in control of regulation. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like some sort of there's some sort of collusion going on there but that said the antitrust stuff is no joke that that stuff is actually going forward and and it's not helpful to zuckerberg how Um, are they planning that what are they doing i mean there's there's serious uh like there's already you know there's they're looking at a bipartisan law that's that's more targeted at amazon not allowing you to preference your own products um they're still talking hard about breakup and you know making facebook and instagram and whatsapp divest so what does that do you know? I mean, it, it's bad for Zuckerberg personally, yeah, right? Like, you know, is, does it do that much? I don't know. I mean, they're all, they're all still leftist companies. I think, you know, it's sort of interesting to, to see it. You know, I, I mean, whenever I talk about like, let's make platform access a civil right, I get the objection from the libertarians, like, oh, you're using government to violate a corporation's liberty. And it's like, okay, but that corporation is colluding with the government to do, to violate your liberty. And I don't,
1: I don't care yeah. for corporations or people, my friend. It's yeah. amazing how it's like the Democrats became the party of Mitt
0: Romney.
3: Those are yeah. usually Koch brother libertarians and yeah. a lot of them don't understand how big tech is working with the state in tandem, making it not a private company. There's, yeah. there's no argument. I, I don't, I don't believe that they're private companies. There's no way. Yeah. Not even from their start, not, not even from their beginning. CIA not work. even what they're doing now when it comes to the d- programs that they're running and the larger participation that they have in our political system. They're not, they're not innocent corporations that are uh, a part of the free uh, capitalistic world they're not
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's very like it's very formalist right they're sort of like if you know informal government coercion is okay in libertarian world it seems like like you think about think about like the vaccine mandate debate right libertarians are like you're violating a business's liberty if you tell them <laughs> they can't uh enforce a vaccine mandate it's like well like look at a company like Southwest who is clearly talking with the Biden administration regularly Biden administration's going to them like we think really strongly that you should impose a vaccine mandate. than they do. So basically it's like the formal exercise of state power by a, a state government saying no vaccine mandates is like the only answer to the informal exercise of state power by the Biden administration to persuade these corporations to impose the mandates in the first place.
1: I think this is why a lot of the Libertarian Party doesn't like the Mises Caucus because they're getting serious about it. Yeah. But the the, the the core of the Libertarian Party has always pretty much been – We are not smart enough to recognize the government is in control of these corporations, and therefore the corporations should be free to do what they do, even though it's detrimental to everybody. It's like, yo, libertarians should be against centralized authority regardless of where it comes from. A a, a major corporation can oppress anybody the same as a
4: government. That's That's a great way to phrase it. Centralized authority is the antithesis of libertarianism.
1: Absolutely. I don't understand how you can be like – a a a naturally uh, a, a, a spontaneously formed over 200 years organization of very powerful individuals with massive amounts of wealth and resources controlled in the authoritarian structure is a good thing that should be left alone. However, the same exact thing with the label on it says government. Now that's where the problem comes in. So it's like I it's remarkable to me how many of these libertarians are okay with being coerced and 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 forced to walking walking off the cliff as opposed to. I should say coerced or or manipulated into doing it versus hard force. They're like, well, if the government can or if a company convinces you to hurt yourself, that's fine. No, no,
2: I don't agree with that, that. That's what I mean by like overly formalist, right? It's like they look at like, is this a formal exercise of government power or not? If it is bad, if it's not, okay, that's fine. Like, look, the bigger picture here, in my opinion, is that. I mean, are we really going to have a red wave?
1: I understand historically Republicans should be in for a major victory in the House. I understand that based on the data we're seeing, there's good signs a red wave could happen. But if Mark Zuckerberg is going to dump about half a a billion dollars to make sure you don't win, what's he going to do at his own company to make sure you don't win when it costs him nothing?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe he's not too happy with the end result. I mean, you, you got to account for that. He may not be stoked on the antitrust thing. That's true, um, but right. I, like he, he, might not spend this kind of money again. And also, man, I don't know how you fix. Like, I think Trump's sort of a unique phenomenon where he drives up turnout on both sides. Like, you know, he's uniquely polarizing. People love him. People, ha- people hate him. I think. I think I you think look at the midterms. I, I think I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic about 2022. I think we're going to have a very good midterm election.
1: But is it going to be with people who are going to do something?
2: I mean, I think it's the only thing we can you know congress is never going to really do anything the question is just stopping democrats right like i think people uh, people underestimate the value of like winning the senate for example like it really is annoying that we didn't win the senate um it put us in a position where we're suddenly totally dependent on Christian cinema and hmm. joe manchin doing our you know like being flaky enough to do and Mitt that. romney right and, and Mitt Romney, like mm. you know i mean I don't like Republicans in the in Congress that much, but I know that they're the people I can influence. I know I have zero meaningful influence over the Democrats.
1: I'm 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 sick of it, man. I'm I am mm-hmm. not going to vote For someone who's like, I will hold the Democrats off for two years. Nah, screw off. The Democrats are coming out and saying, we want to take away all your guns. Yes, they're saying they want to take away all your guns. Pay attention. All these liberals claiming that's not true. Don't pay attention to the laws they tried passing when they came out and said they wanted to ban all semi-automatic weapons, which is basically every single modern gun. Okay, maybe a little hyperbolic. It's almost every single gun. I guess revolvers and lever action will be okay and bolt action. No, they're really trying to do insane things. And the only reason they're not is because they're going slow about it.
2: I just think, Republicans I mean,
1: aren't going to do anything.
2: I think that, you know, ultimately it's still worth – you know, I basically see it as like a defense to offense transition. And I still hope, you know, that we can do – but the offense would happen in 2024, retaking the White House, hopefully with like an executive branch that knows what it's doing. And that's why I'm like – you know, I'm really hoping Trump doesn't run. I really, really yeah. hope. Like we need – we, we DeSantis. had DeSantis, right? Like, yeah, DeSantis but, is the guy, but, I, but I, I, I'm still— I, right. I
1: agree because, you know what? Ron DeSantis came out and was like, hey, it's Columbus Day. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a little thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a big, big thing in the long run. It's cultural. It matters. Ron DeSantis says we're going to we're gonna ban, you know, vaccine ma- passports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. these, these are big things we can see him actually doing. And so I agree. If there is a Republican who says, I'm, I've done these things, I'm doing them, and I will do more, I'm like, I like that. But I'm fairly convinced in 2022, we're going to get Republicans. So we're going to sit back and say, the best we can do for you is nothing. The best Democrats can do for their constituents is burn the whole place down. Judy was boring. Hello.
4: Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
4: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
4: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> Now, the idea of
3: government doing nothing is something that I personally like. I think that should be a motive. But it's not but, that kind but, but, of but, nothing. but I know, I know. We're talking about two different things here because they just – placate us and they act and pretend like they're going to be doing something for us or they're going to be making a solid stand here but let's not pretend at the end of the day when the big money guys come they're going to bow down uh you know get on their knees and do unforgiving acts for the multinational corporations no matter how awful it is for their constituents so uh, i i you know DeSantis is interesting because he is kind of throwing a wrench into a lot of the narratives and agenda he's the one that really did by himself stand up against the lockdowns stand up against a lot of the mandates a lot of the restrictions and i think if it wasn't for him a lot of other people would have just followed in line and and uh, complied and obeyed and i think florida was the first state that said no enough is enough and and desantis just made a statement also just a few moments ago talking about the vaccine mandates where he said quote the coercion is just totally wrong. I think it's destroying trust in public health. You're going to end up driving people away, and he's making some good, solid, logical, solid logical points that I think are are deserving to be considered.
1: There's two things. I, I would love to see uh, Ron DeSantis uh, presidential run. I I don't know if I support him completely because I've only seen the culture war things that he's done. Yeah. We, we got to see hard policy stuff too. Um, but we're hearing that his wife. Uh,
2: has cancer. Oh yeah, that's another problem. Yeah, and so it it that's may be sad. that
1: he he doesn't run. Because, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's true. But the other thing too is what what I've been told, and I can't remember who told us this. The reason he's so up to, up to um, you know up to date on the like the, of the the current political crisis and culture war is because of his wife. Because she pays attention, because she she follows the news and she follows the cultural issues, and then they sort of work together, and then it keeps him more informed. I'd have to imagine that you know a governor is actively trying to maintain fundraising and do all this political paperwork, having a good partner like that, like his wife, helping him stay informed. So
2: someone told us that they said that she's really really well versed on the, on these issues, and that's his edge. Yeah, they're they're a good team. um But I mean, I, I i give you know credit. Like whenever I've seen him talk about something, like he not only did he do the vaccine mandate stuff, he was one of the first people to get a big tech law passed. And signed a like anti big tech censorship law. I think he did. Texas recently did one too. And the Florida they, they law they knocked him down. on that They one. knocked him down at, in court, but like he got it passed. Right? right. Like That's that's still impressive. And he understands like the salience and importance of the issue. And he was and he was ahead of the curve on that. I just Trump. Trump ain't it. Yeah. Like relative. I mean. And then you know again we talked about the, the cockpit right. Like Ron DeSantis is going to come in, and he's not going to be dependent on his lawyers to tell him what his powers are. He's going to be able to read the you know he's going to be able to understand it himself, and like push the limits like that's why i think obama was so effective in so many ways is because obama was a lawyer right and a constitutional lawyer so he he understood his office and he understood exactly what where he could push when he needed to pull back and as a result like you know not i I don't mean effective in terms of like moral virtue but merely effective in terms of achieving democrat i don't i
1: don't want i don't want a president who will be like a candidate of owning the libs You know, I want to see some legitimate policies. But I I imagine he's going to be, for many of the policies, I think would probably be good. I imagine he'd do school choice and things like that. I'd be interested to see his foreign policy, though, because I think that'll be big. And Mm -hmm. one of my concerns is that we get a rising star who's, you know, culture, war, freedom, you know, side. But then he turns out to still just be pro-war establishment in the long run.
2: Shoot, man. You know, at this point, I just, I really don't want to lose the culture war anymore. It's really, it really is annoying. Um, You know, if I can't. You know, I feel like we have had a pretty big sea change in the Republican Party on foreign policy thanks to Trump in a lot of ways, and, and I'm very grateful to the former president for that. But you know, I really, you know, I I think even if DeSantis isn't perfect you know, on foreign policy, like, or sorry, oh you, culture,
4: what? culture war is a game that no one can win. Either we stop playing, or no, we're that, all going to lose.
1: Technically, you yeah. know, we we lose in the way where, where it's a net negative across the board. Yeah. But the issue is lose by how much. Well the do
2: we how play do you the get worst your opponents it is. to come into the negotiating table, right but' like, there's like,
1: so the problem is with like the Joe Rogan thing, Sanjay Gupta wrote this essay, which is ridiculous, and he's saying like I was warned Joe Rogan's a bad faith actor. like listen we, we're going to we, I, I want to save the Sanjay Gupta stuff, but yeah. I'll just say this Sanjay Gupta says in his essay, he's never had a conversation with someone that's that was three hours or longer, yeah. and that to me was like getting smacked in the face with a baseball bat like whoa, 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 whoa sanjay gupta never had a conversation with someone over three hours how old is this guy is he not married
2: I would the, hope the, you this, it mom. was
1: crazy for me to hear this but these people live in a world where they don't communicate they just get their news from the tv mm-hmm. i'm like my whole life i'm sitting around with my friends in chicago playing star wars nights of the old republic for like four or five hours we're just talking about space time and they were stoned out of their minds but like <laughs> These conversations were crazy and in depth in politics, and we'd be fact checking things. We we're just having fun exploring ideas. He's never done that.
4: A Neurosurgeon, writer, medical reporter. He's got his head in the books. He's been in the books probably his whole life. So there, yeah, he's, he's wrapped up
1: in this different world. Now, I, I want to pull up this story because I'll tell you this: with with the Zuckerberg thing, the the one I I, I, I agree with you. Uh, we need to win the culture war, and I will say this. One of the reasons I probably just outright vote for Renaissance is that he went after big tech in any way. Mm -hmm. We have this story. If you head over to Instagram and take a look at Mr. Luke, we are change. That's his, uh, his, his Instagram handle is at Luke. We are change. If you try to follow him and please do, you may be greeted with this message. It says, are you sure you want to follow Luke? We are change. This account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. I unfollowed Luke and followed him back and I got that message.
3: Yeah, prove it you SLBs. What <laughs> fake news? I I post highly sophisticated, intelligent, thought-provoking memes mm-hmm. with like 3D, 4D level chess. I mean, can can you pull up my my, uh, my just some of the things I post on there, especially the George George W Bush one try. because because if they go after that one, they're admitting that they're a part of wrong think uh be because of the Pfizer one up there again i, I and and and, and uh, all i post right all i post is it's like segments from here my shirts and memes i love to 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 post Look memes about you, you know curious things that make people critically think about the issues <laughs> it's not even facts yeah
0: well <laughs> that's fake, a shirt no fake no, news that's a
3: real shirt and and, and, and i have one one shirt that's censored And it's scribbled that that says tax this D. And I have another shirt news. that's not censored and you could get that on the, best, the best I, com, and I but they... I can't say it here. But, but I mean, look what I post. I, I, I post stuff like Joe Biden leaving office in 2024. How can you fact check that? <laughs> how, how can you fact? Do you have a magic like, time machine that you could say, oh, he's definitely lying? This yo, needs to be yo. fact checked. Number one, wh- what's the fact checks? Tell me. Tell me what, what I got wrong through these means. It's meetings. not Joe Biden. Okay, He's, but clearly, you
1: know what? I'm, no, 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 stop, Luke. This is top. You are fake news. Don't you dare. This photo <laughs> Don't right you here. dare. You son of a gun. This photo <laughs> no. is not Joe Biden. <laughs> here we go. It is an old man in front <laughs> of a burning car, and it is not Joe Biden. How do you know Joe
3: Biden's, Biden's not going to look like that in two, in three years? I
1: get it. How? I yeah, get so, it. So, so, it, so, it, so, so again,
3: and then and another thing. Moderator. Who's fact checking me? Let, 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 let you know. Let's 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 call a spade a spade here. Put out your name, put what organization, who's behind it, and and what exactly do you have problems with, with posts like this?
1: Tell me right now, and they won't. We had, we had James O'Keefe on, Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: we were talking about Stanford put out a a, a, a study claiming that James O'Keefe, me, Tim Pool, Sidney Powell, and Lynn Wood, and some other people were like the biggest purveyors of voter misinformation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and, and, and I'm like, what did James tweet about anything? He, he's he, like, he posts Veritas stories where it's, they literally have undercover things on other people. And what do I post on Twitter? Like I post, I, I think I posted a picture of a hairless rabbit. Once I post stories, all of its news guard certified. And the best part is Trump supporters got extremely mad at me for saying there was no widespread voter fraud. The entire time I've been saying that I even said it to Steve Bannon. When he came on the show, I was like, Ben, I disagree. I think we look at that story from Mark Zuckerberg. You take a look at the laws being changed. I think this is, you know, it's pulling people off, off base because the Democrats have excellent ground game and they put out fake news for some reason. And then, of course. People are like, well, if Stanford said it, it must be true, and they put it on Wikipedia, and then it becomes fast. Or
3: or CNN telling everyone that it's, you know, horse dewormer. Uh, There's so many lies by the mainstream media. And, you know, Anderson Cooper, all these other, you know, professional... Fake news spreaders, all these professional propagandists—they get to do whatever they want on these big tech social media companies. They, you know, but also I was criticizing Instagram and Facebook really hard over the mental health issues a couple days ago, uh, specifically also on this show, and I was making my own videos about this on my own YouTube channel. I was going after them hard, detailing the the psychological experiments that they done on unsuspecting users. So, so this seems more vindictive than anything else because you look at the posts I make—they're silly, they're ridiculous, they're they're. Over the top, I, 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 you know, I told people I don't even care. I'm just going to post ridiculous stuff on Instagram. If it gets taken down, it gets taken down. And a couple, a couple days ago, I, Tim's laughing. <laughs> it's a Dave Chappelle one. <laughs> yeah, yeah it,
1: it, it's real. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, these memes for, the, they, for those, can, can those check these. For those that are listening, mm. it says NPR accuses Dave Chappelle of using white privilege. And then below it is Dave Chappelle as Clayton Bigsby, the black-white supremacist. And it says, good-for-nothing tricksters. He's
4: yeah. blind in that bottom picture. He's he doesn't blind. realize Well, he's this black. is
3: from his
1: own skit.
3: Where he was pretending to be a black KKK member uh, <laughs> and, and a
0: racist
4: blind, against yeah. black
3: people, who was black himself but didn't know because he was blind. And, and the KKK had <laughs> him around, and he was good friends with them. And they were like, "Yeah, we're just not going to tell him because this is pretty funny." I, a I, couple I, weeks I, ago, I posted on um, September sixteenth, "Hey, because so, something weird happened." I, I was I was doing okay on my Instagram before I, before I came here on this show. My numbers were rising pretty well, and I was getting a lot of interaction, and I was getting a lot of views, and then out of nowhere, it's Stopped and I was getting a one tenth of my engagement. And then for, for weeks, it was the same one tenth, and I'm like, "What's happening here?" So I I put a post. Hey, this is a test. Instagram has been li- uh, has been limiting our post to more than ten percent of our followers. If you see this, click like and tell me that you see this in your timeline. They fact check it. They said this is fake news. It's incorrect, what? even though and en- the analytics show uh, um, a nine tenth drop in audience interaction suddenly without me changing anything or changing any way that I post or interact with audience members. So they they're even fact checking saying that it's false that they're limiting me to my audience which they clearly are through the analytics through the numbers uh, and it's it, this is the world that we're living in right now where, where memes like this you it's know memes meme. memes, that again, Great memes. That, that again I'm not making any stance here I'm not telling people what to do here I, I'm just trying to make people laugh and think a little bit um, and for them to target this is uh, ridiculous and uh, absolutely a, a sham uh, huge injustice, and ridiculous to say the least. Just as ridiculous as the memes. I mean, the George W. Bush one that I posted, we don't have to show it here, but but if they flag that one, that means that they're committing wrong think. Right? That's, how, that's, that's the level of sophistication of, of meme warfare that we have going on here that, that again, is extremely important. I remember look, first look, coming look. on the show, I, I said memes are going to be the thing that are going to change... The landscape of our political dichotomy. I, I really do truly believe in them. And I think that's why they're going after satire now, which I said, you know, they're going to figure out how to go after satire. I think this is the first step in that direction.
1: They've been, they've been doing this. That this is why they had to ban the Donald because memes got Trump elected. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not like the core of his platform, but it gave him the bump he needed. Meme yeah. Magic, man. Have you seen that documentary on meme magic? No. It's like a it's like a YouTube documentary somebody made, but it's really, really interesting how they go through like the history of Cac and like the frog and Pepe and the weird stuff on 4chan. And they're like, "Me magic man!" But whether or not you believe in magic, when you have people who have found a way to have fun and build community, and then all of a sudden everyone's laughing with each other and sharing jokes, that's going to help that person
2: out.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm not even like promoting anything. I'm not even telling people what to do. I'm just saying, hey, this, this is a stupid, ridiculous government policy. Let's laugh about it. That's it. I'm not even saying do this or get involved or don't do this. I'm not even doing any of that on Instagram. So my response to this is, uh, 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 p- you know, family-friendly show. Uh, screw you, Instagram. Uh, f- everyone follow me at <laughs> LukeWeAreChange. And uh, just in case t- they take me down, uh, go check out enoughofcensorship.com, which is a link to my email list, which makes me uncensorable no matter what happens. So that's my response, my official statement to Instagram or anybody asking about this story. That's officially what, what I got to say. Screw you, Instagram. Uh, let, let's make sure that this policy doesn't work. It's ridiculous. And I want to thank the the, the people... Who were sending me this because I wouldn't have noticed, uh, I, you know, no one told me this. I never got a warning. I never got a notification. Uh, they didn't tell me anything. And just sporadically, I just see my viewership go down within the last few weeks. This... And it's just, it's just weird and strange that we're living in this world where, you know, you could be convicted of wrong think and then have your
4: access not even to, know.
3: yeah, not even know, but also have your access to people that you're, that are your friends and are part of your community taken away from you. Uh, just because some fact checker, whoever that random mysterious person is, decided that he doesn't like your humor. Yeah, it's almost
2: like this should be against the law. Okay, that would be (laughs) really (laughs) what
4: I'm thinking of. This is like them making an editorial claim on your content, standing behind it like a platform or like a publisher rather. Uh, which we I had a long conversation about Section 230 last night and about editing Section 230, basically fixing it so that maybe companies that make editorial claims like this account is responsible for X then become considered publishing news but
1: but 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 we don't even have to argue that hold on will take it away so like
2: here's i actually you know there's two parts of it right there's the making the weird little editorial claim about you luke right which is the most hilarious thing because it's like it either is fake or it violates our community guidelines we're not going to tell you which one like you know lawyers would laugh at that right it's stupid But And then there's the actual throttling. Now, if it weren't for the throttling, I think this, if anything, would make you more popular because it's such an obviously ridiculous way to try and indict someone. They've said some things that are false based on someone saying they were false. We're not going to tell you what was false, who determined it. Like, it would just, it would be BS. It's the throttling that's the problem. And so it's like like those Twitter notifications when they put them on. Like, I don't think those are a big problem. It's the algorithmic throttling that is, is really wrong. And so, you know, it's hard to say anything about the, you know, when they make these statements, they are speaking, right? And I, I, I think that they yeah. do have a First Amendment right to speak. If they want to put stuff at the bottom of my tweets, that's their right. If they're, they're constraining my ability to reach my audience, then they're censoring and that's different. Right. And I don't think they have a guaranteed First Amendment right to censor people. Does the First Amendment check out in private co- companies like this, though? I- so, uh, the First Amendment, this is actually an interesting area of the law. Like the question is, can a state or a government give additional protected first amendment rights or additional speech rights to their citizens on private platforms. Right. And the answer to that, the, the case that's closest, um, is a case about is called pre shopping center. It's a, based on a California question about whether people had the right to petition in shopping malls, basically like there was a state law in California that said, or, or a California Supreme court decision that said our citizens have the right to petition in, in your, in shopping malls as a first amendment, right under our California constitution. And the shopping mall owner's like, but that's a violation of my First Amendment rights. Like, I don't want to be associ- – I have a freedom of association right. I don't want to be associated with uh, the this random petitioner. It's also, you know, free, free speech, right? I have the right to censor, like, et cetera. And the Supreme Court's like, no. No, you don't. No one's associating you with your speech. You have the ability to say what you want to say. Um, and as a result, your speech rights aren't implicated. So it's perfectly acceptable for a state to give private – Consumers, you know, private individuals, the right to petition on your property. I think, you know, you're not performing any editorial function. Nobody thinks you are. So Facebook and Twitter are in the same position. They're not performing any equal editorial function. They're, yeah. They have 7 million people. And I yeah,
1: think you know. we need to uh, – I, I mentioned this to James O'Keefe. On Wikipedia, the article about Project Veritas is just the most insane garbled lies. Far-right disinformation organization. And I said to him, I was like, James, what does it say on top of the article? It says, from Wikipedia. It doesn't say from you know cow you know finger ninety three <laughs> it doesn't say it's from you know Ian the the cow fingerer ninety seven mm-hmm. it says it's from Wikipedia and if Wikipedia is taking the byline on this one, aren't they responsible for that speech presented on that platform yeah.
3: well, not, not one other, another thing to really kind of entertain here is one of the things that made the internet so amazing so wonderful was the free access to whoever you wanted to follow you followed someone you saw their content it was incredible it was amazing. We don't have that anymore. You follow someone, you may see their stuff, you may not see their stuff. There's a carefully curated algorithm that has long-term psychological negative effects on the population that is rising suicide levels, that is rising self-hurt incidences, that is rising levels of depression, that is rising the levels of psychological disorders. And this is because now they're carefully curating what information you get to hear and not hear. I mean, and, and, and that decision should be up- to a human being, saying, "I want to follow him. I want to. I want to see what he posts. If if you're not following them, you shouldn't be sent sent stuff that that you don't want to see. But right now, if you look at Instagram, a lot of the stuff is forced on your newsfeed. You look at uh, the Facebook oh, dude, newsfeed.
1: Dude. You look at Twitter. Instagram now says like these three posts are recent. After that, I'm scrolling, and it's random. And I'm like, wait, I don't follow these people. And then you got to click see older posts to actually get the people you follow now. So this
3: is sinister on so many different levels because people actively want to follow me, want to find my content... They're denied that by using this platform. So that's another level of interacting, of of intervening in in something that was free, was awesome, gave people what they wanted because people were sick sick of being lectured to. People were sick of being lied to. People were were sick of just being force-fed nonsense. Now we're back to the day and age where they're force-fed nonsense every single day while restricting
4: the small and independent voices that made them as popular as they are. Regarding the uh, the shopping mall metaphor, mm-hmm. if would the shopping mall then be allowed to put up a sign? Like the petitioners over there, the shopping mall have a sign that says, petitioners that way, lying about it. Could they do that? And could they have a sign that
2: said liar pointing at the petitioners that the latter sure right like the, that that's a speech right you know like again they're on their own property they have the right to speak and say these people are lunatics who are going to hell who knows right um and then on the but on the the first one decept like deceiving then that might be thwarting the underlying right to speak which is a little so different you, you could but argue I, I that don't... do changing the algorithm without their knowledge is a form of deceit right i think i think that you could i think that it It poses a very interesting question about whether or not a state could itself have imposed kind of regulations on the algorithm. It's, it's, it's trickier because it gets, that's a little closer to speech, like you're forcing them to organize the information that appears on the feed in a certain way. What would
4: be nice is if you could force them to show at least how they're organizing it by displaying the algorithmic code. Sure. is yeah. there an argument to make here about the manipulation
3: of the newsfeed that is creating self-harm and psychological disorders? Because there are medical studies that are showing that, you know, if you show certain images, you do have a certain psychological effect on a human being. Uh, and I think there's a lot of correlation with social media use and, you know, depression, suicide, everything that I talked about before. Is there even some kind of room
2: in court to maneuver to say this social media caused actual real life harm? Well, I mean, you have that you, you can't one there's, you can't prohibit, you can't force people to speak, right? That's part, part of the first amendment is that you don't have the, you don't have, you can't force people that's compelled speech. That's also a first amendment violation. So that's part one. Um, part two is that, you know, there are specific categories of the law that are where speech is unlawful defamation, right? Yeah. Um, so is this considered
3: defamation?
2: Um, what what is is what considered defamation them saying uh, I spread fake news without
3: Uh, any examples without any I mean it's it
2: it has to be provably false right and and you have to prove under current law you have to prove actual malice right which means that they're knowingly lying I, I would love a jury to see my memes I would yeah, love it. that's actually yeah. like. But then they say it might violate our community guidelines. Which community guidelines? Well, we, you know, they they get then they get the entire. They can look at their entire terms of service and be like, "Aha, this was inflammatory." And like, I'm sure they say? would
4: say that wasn't actually Joe Biden on like, the mean that said yep, this is Joe Biden. And I would a, like, how do you know?
1: Look, There's no, a, no, no, not no. 2024. Look, One, look at yeah. because the jury will agree and be like, "Yeah, that's not Joe Biden." And then they'll say, "See, our statement was true. He said it was Joe Biden." The, the, whether or not someone understands it's a joke or not is not on, you know, us when we say some people won't get it.
2: So like, here's the thing, like that, the reason that statement that they preview you, they say like you've posted fake news or false news as determined by independent fact checkers and, and, or you violated community guidelines, not specifying how it's fake, what it is or what news that's lawyered, right? Because that's vague. It is a very, very vague criticism. It literally could go either way. It doesn't even actually accuse you necessarily of having put out anything fake. So um, as a result, like when you make a really vague, lawyered statement like that, it's almost impossible to prove falsity. Got right? It. And so that's, that would, which is a necessary element of any defamation yeah. claim. I, I want to talk to you guys
1: about why independent media is so important and why these uh, these stories here are, are, are so just, uh, so awful. The censorship, what, what they did to Crowder. Um, I think, you know, what happened with Crowder getting suspend, s- suspended and getting a strike is particularly worrisome. And it's just another grain of sand in the heat. And we'll consider this to be a semi-terrible segue into the story about Joe Rogan and Sanjay Gupta. But uh Joe Rogan sit, sits down with Sanjay Gupta of CNN and refuses to let Sanjay Gupta change the subject. He says, why did your network lie about what the medication I was taking was? They said it was horse dewormer. And Joe's like, a doctor prescribed it to me. And Sanjay Gupta's like, you're right. You're right. Okay, they shouldn't have said it. That's the power of independent media. And Joe Rogan may be on Spotify or whatever, but that's why they don't like it. That's why they censor it. Now, I really want to point something out, though. In this article from CNN.com, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, why Joe Rogan and I sat down and talked for more than three hours. There are two very important things that give you insight into the minds of the cult. And boy, when I read you these things, will you realize it's a cult? First and foremost, he says... I don't think I ever had a conversation that long with anyone. Seriously, think about that. We sat in a windowless podcast booth with two sets of headphones and microphones and a few feet between us, not a single interruption, no cell phones, no distractions, no bathroom breaks. Um Show of hands, or actually, let's go. Uh, Will, have you ever had a conversation with someone that was at least three hours?
2: Yeah, I mean, if, you know, with breaks in between, but yes, like I'd say, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, conver- you know, Let's You've been on this show before, car. right? I have been on the show. We never gone three hours, though. We do way more than that. Yeah, we do. Have we? Have we gone? Well, it's two and then well, with me, it's ten a break, break And, a half. and then when go you get another another
1: here 45. at seven twenty, oh, that's a fair and talking, point. And then we start the show at eight. We end at ten. Yeah, no, we've we've
2: definitely talked. Okay, so we have talked for more than three hours. Sort of like, but
1: even with fr- friends throughout your life. One on, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You've no had like conversations I mean, it,
2: before. Yeah, say you're in a car ride with somebody, right? Right, A long car ride, like He's, you'll he, be talking with them over the course of a lengthy period of time. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay, road but trips. But
1: hold on, hold on, Luke, have you had a conversation? Oh well, yeah, of course, of
4: course. Uh, uh Lydia.
0: Yeah, many, 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 many Ian? times. Yeah,
4: 100%. Especially I, I, like the ones they had face-to-face, going right. at it for three-plus hours. Yes. I would imagine
1: Ian's the one person in the room who's probably had the longest conversation with people out of any of us. Because yeah. you seem the kind of guy who's going to sit there and really just like hang out with people in a sauna. And he was pre-cell you know? cell phone. Yeah
4: yeah, yeah. yeah, I went to theater school. It's all about communication. This is a guy who is telling you, think
1: about that. He's never had a conversation that was three hours. Look, that, maybe it's just me. Maybe most people really don't interact with humans that much. I just, that's shocking to me. And so I see that and I'm like, this is a guy who doesn't actually communicate with people. He sits in a room, reads a book and watches a TV and doesn't talk to other people. Mm-hmm. But here is, you ready for this one? The best part. He says, okay. When I told Joe early in the podcast that I didn't agree with his apparent views on vaccines against COVID, I've remarked in many things in between. Part of me thought the MMA former Taekwondo champion might hurdle himself across the table and throttle my neck. But instead, he smiled and off we went.
2: Yeah, that's a weird bias that you have. Like,
1: Here's a guy. He is the chief medical correspondent for CNN, the most trusted name of news, (laughs) who has never had a conversation with someone that lasted at least three hours and genuinely feared Joe Rogan would physically assault him in a podcast studio. Over his
2: opinions. That's pathetic. when he could depose him. I mean, basically, that's what this is. Or he's lying. He's lying. You know, it's something interesting. Like, people, there's certain people, uh, and there's only a few areas where, like, it's one thing to have a conversation with someone over a long period of time. It's another to, like, be able to to be interrogated, right? And by that, I mean, like, to be asked a continuous sequence of questions to, to examine what you think in your position on something. That happens in law school, right? If you're the subject of a Socratic, questioning from a professor um that'll happen in debate rounds like there's cross exam cross examination that takes a period like there's other things but there's a lot of people even if they're p- very smart and they've gone through very high level you know academia or like medical school or something will have never actually been in a position where they were subject to like a sustained line of questioning about their beliefs and i think that's sanjay if, if anything i think that's probably what he's expressing this like i was not ready this is like the first time i've ever been interrogated like i mean and i don't mean interrogated like with like law enforcement but just like questioned about a position for this length of a period of time and and he it's the sort of you know regret kicking in because he got owned right like he got revealed that he had to get yep. up and it, basically he had to concede to sound like a reasonable person that yes in fact cnn had done wrong here um and then CNN is now so furious about it that they're putting him back on the show to like justify. You yeah. know, let Don Lemon. I, 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 model I just again.
1: got I got a request. I I, I would I would I would um, greatly appreciate it, Joe, if you could just take some money, drop it in a retainer for some good law firm, and sue CNN. Don, <laughs> sue no, 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 hold on. on. Don Lemon has come out denied CNN lied about Joe Rogan's COVID treatment after claiming the podcaster took horse dewormer. No joke. They doubled down yeah. on the fact that multiple hosts lied. Joe Rogan sat there in front of Sanjay Gupta and said, a doctor me medication. Sanjay said, yes, they shouldn't have said that. Then when Sanjay Gupta goes on with Don Lemon, he does not correct Don Lemon when Don says, no, 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 listen, listen. It is horse dewormer.
2: Don Lemon should go on Joe Rogan. Don't be a little whiny... You know, he never will, obviously. Of course not. He, and, he, he and couldn't and sustain that. This Sanjay Gupta is smarter than John why
3: This is why this was so fascinating. This is why this video went so viral, because this was finally someone, a part of the establishment, being sat down and talked to like a regular human being without any teleprompters, without any scripts, without any agenda. And he stuttered, and he messed up, and he tried to get away from the subject, and Joe was right on him, and he stumbled. Someone wrote a a very funny comment under this entire story saying, it's it's a very strange world when an MMA commentator stumps a medical doctor on the topic of medicine. (laughs) And let's be honest here, Joe Rogan was absolutely right to call out Sanjay Gupta, the chief medical advisor of CNN, why he didn't intervene, step up. Or at least correct the record when CNN was blatantly lying about him and spreading dangerous medical disinformation that would have real life consequences and probably did have real life consequences. Let's just be honest here about this particular topic. Samjay Gumta didn't have an answer. Didn't he tried to change the topic? He was like, "Yeah, maybe no." It's like, I, I want to talk oh. about
1: this, and Joe goes, "No, no, 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 no."
3: no. Let's, Let's get to this issue because oh, this is an important yeah. issue. And then Sanjay admitted that the main reason he went on this show was because he was trying to get Joe to get vaccinated. Mm. Now, this is another layer to this that we need to kind of kind of unravel here because he admitted, "I want Joe to get vaccinated. That's why I went on the show." That's that's his that's that's his explanation to all of his establishment buddies that are like, "What the hell did you do? You let the mask off your face? You?" showed us the true reality of, of being stumped by him, and, and he's saying, no, 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 I just wanted him to get vaccinated. Why? The man just went through COVID. He has natural immunity. There's many scientific studies and preliminary findings that are showing that natural immunity could last a lifetime why still on top of that are you telling him to get vaccinated it makes absolutely no point and there have been a number of complications and a number of medical professionals saying if you do have strong antibodies and natural immunity you might have complications from the vaccine so again not a medical doctor not telling people what to do here but sanjay gupta admittedly came into this already trying to push bogus information that that wasn't helpful at all and and joe rogan Just blatantly called him out on all of his bullcrap, and he did not have an answer to
4: it at all. I think Uh, I got a lot of respect for Sanjay for going on there, wanting to go on there, doing it, and and just pushing it. He tweeted it out. He wasn't trying to hide from it. And they talked about, like, Sanjay used to be very anti-marijuana and then started to realize when he started to see the studies, he's a books guy. He's in the books all the time when he sees the evidence. He changed his position. He realized that kids that were having, like, tremors and... I remember that a few years ago. This was a long time ago when marijuana
3: was still a taboo thing, where they weren't talking about the benefits of THC and CBD. He went to Amsterdam and interviewed small children... And and actually, I was surprised by his work at that time. So it's very interesting that you're bringing this up. And and you you do bring up a good point that at least he did go on, and at least we saw the the mask fall off, slip for a little bit. But yeah. he's going to get punished. He's already on an apology tour all over CNN, saying, "Yeah, you guys were right. Yeah, you guys were right." When in reality, no, they weren't. They absolutely weren't. Let's be honest here. To 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 again double down and say, "No, this was a medicine for horses."
1: Bull crap. Remember when that CNN host cannibalized a uh, human on yeah, TV? Yeah. That's on YouTube, yeah.
3: by the way.
2: That's fine for you YouTube. You mean the cannibal Reza Aslan? Yes. Right? Who yes. it's accurate to describe as a cannibal because is it's cannibal. accurate. Who to went crazy anyone. afterwards.
1: He did. He did. Yeah. My, my So Reza Aslan uh, was hosting this show on, on CNN. And my understanding is before the show, he was like relatively normal. He was a, a religious scholar. And I know people who know him. Like I, I, have, I have friends of mine who know him. And I I wonder if that that episode where he ate human brain it was a small piece of charred human brain after that it's like he's just insane the mm-hmm. things he posts on twitter like he's aggravated i wonder if he got like some kind of shakes from eating human brain you get it's like prion diseases man
4: yeah protein folds
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, and also the stress of being called a cannibal over and over. Is he is a cannibal. Tri- was is. was a cannibal? Is he no. still practicing?
1: It doesn't matter if he was like if
4: you kill once, someone. Once a cannibal, always a cannibal. Like that's, that's hardcore. No, it
1: is though. If you choose to kill someone, you're a murderer, right?
4: Well, if you used to be a soccer player and now you're not, you're not still a soccer player.
1: If if there's ways to like if we're you used about to murder
4: and now you don't, you're still considered a murderer. Exactly. If you but eat not human, a soccer player,
1: you are a cannibal. It's like, well, but to be fair, it was a long time ago. So,
4: <laughs> I think right. can to be a cannibal is easier practicing cannibal. I, 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 I got to be honest, man. Fair.
1: I got to be honest. If you played soccer in college and then you stopped playing, I'd still say it's fair to say you were soccer you're a soccer player. Like you're going to know all about it, you're going to know this, you're going to have retained skills and you'll be able to pick it up more than anyone else would, would be able to. I would
4: say I was a soccer player if I don't play at all anymore. I was. So, I don't that stress of Ben being like you're a cannibal and he's like, dude, I did it once. And they're like, You're a kid. You're a- <laughs> <laughs> That's like you never want to be in that time, it was one time. <laughs> Everyone. Dude, uh, dude
1: like, it's like it's like it's it's like with, with with murder. If you choose to kill a person, you're a murderer. And it's like, yeah, but that was a long time ago, and I only did it one time. It's like, I don't care.
2: Like you're a murderer. No, I just dude, committed cannibal. one murder. Yeah, just, just, just one. Just one. As Some people do.
3: Sanjay also made a very uh, interesting point that a lot of people are talking about right now when he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, because he admitted that the aim on the show when he was talking to Joe Rogan, that the aim of vaccinating children isn't to protect them. It's to, quote, slow the spread and protect adults around them. And if that's the official justification, if that's the official science of of what doctors and CNN and the and the the establishment medical professionals are standing on, they're pretty much putting young people at risk for the benefit of the old. And if that's happening in a society, that's a clear sign of a decaying society.
1: Yes, Luke. But clearly, Dr. Sanjay Gupta is not a smart person.
3: But that's his own words. That's CNN saying it, not me. That's uh, Uh, oh no, of course, of course, I'm saying.
1: Let's just say this then: if that is the official uh, line from Sanjay Gupta, which is clearly. In in uh, uh, contradicting the the establishment narrative, then Sanjay Gupta must be a moron. He must just be a crackpot conspiracy theorist peddling medical disinformation. I, I don't
2: know. I mean, I think like I, we were talking about it earlier. It's like I have the same respect for Sanjay Gupta that I would have for some novice debater who got smoked in like mm. a round. You're like, well, at least you tried, you know? <laughs> like you got beat really bad. Though. But you shouldn't need to have a
1: debate with 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 Joe. The yeah. problem is that like. It wasn't he, even
3: a debate. Joe was cordial to him. He was nicely talking to him. He wasn't he wasn't aggressive. Oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. and in and, and, and Sanjay Gupta's article, he says he gifted Joe a Joe Rogan experience face mask from Joe's own website, which Joe seemed surprised by. And he makes it seem like Joe Rogan, who's anti mask. I bought him a mask from himself and he was shocked. And I'm like, he was probably confused as to why you got him a mask from his own merch store. (laughs) (laughs) If if someone showed up here and was like, hey, Tim, I got you something. What is it? It's one of your own shirts. I'd be like, we have a pile over there. But I guess I appreciate it. The
3: the self-righteousness and delusion. I mean, wow. And these are the people preaching. These people never get outside of their bubbles. And this is the first time that they do, and they get smoked, as, yeah. as, as you're saying. That's a good so, point. So, 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 yeah. this is, you know, I mean, CNN never has anyone who doesn't push the narrative and the agenda. Never on. They never have those discussions. They're, they're living in a world that is tightly controlled. The information that they get is carefully curated for them, and they just know one particular thing. They don't know anything else. So, we're, we're
4: talking to individuals that are literally, uh, the Helen Kellers of our society. He's in like, my opinion, um, I, he he strikes me as highly intelligent but ignorant in ways, and I can say that from experience because when I'm on this show, I tend to be very ignorant about what we're talking about because I don't study and read about
2: it and now, this I find is, out about it on the spot. This but is I, a, I'm able yeah. to process the information.
4: Yeah. So the ability is,
2: to defend your own position from a hostile interrogator, right, or inquisitor, is like. Learned, and it also require If you're not used to it, mm. it requires a lot more work. Not if you're on lot, CNN. You
1: know. No, no, not if you're honest. Not if you're not if you're um, um, mentally capable. And I'll mm. give a shout out to Jordan Peterson that that interview he did with Jim Jeffries where he says, "Yo, should should people be compelled to use the pronouns?" And then Peterson's like, "No, you know, people should not be compelled to speak." And then he's he's like, "A private business shouldn't be forced to do this, that, or otherwise." And then Jeffrey says, do you think that the government enforcing desegregation was a good idea? And then Peterson went, hmm, maybe I was wrong about that. Very (laughs) simply as a mature adult who's in control of his emotions was just like, huh. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, that's How also, that's also true. That's a very similar Like, if I, I'm thinking, I guess more along the ways of getting through something like that without having to make a concession that you were wrong, right? You you actually have to think through it very in very in great detail and nuance your but position. A lot my
1: my point is, if you're wrong, you should just be like, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong about. It
4: looked this. like Sanjay knew his jaw was on the line. Yeah. Like, remember when yeah. I
1: told Zubi he was wrong when he said vitamin, and I was like, ha, it's <laughs> vitamin, <laughs> and
3: boy was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're wrong sometimes. I'm wrong sometimes too. But it's about being able to admit it that, that sets you aside from the mainstream media. That's the difference. They live in a totally smoke up your, uh, family friendly show, tuckus <laughs> world. Um, and, and then we live in a world where we have to, you know, uh, go through comments. We actually, I mean, I'm, I'm reading the comments right now. I love you. I mean, you guys are interesting to say the least. If you see me laughing here, it's because of the comments. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, let me, let
1: me, let me, um, this is a good, this is a good point to bring up, bring up something, you know? Yeah, we want to make sure we're getting things right. We have a bunch of people in the chat who will say, like, here's a correction. Yesterday, we did a correction on our segment on Crowder. I misinterpreted mm-hmm. what was going on with the suspension, but he was suspended. I want to show you this story from CNN Business, and I want to give a special shout-out to one of the most evil people in media, Brian Stelter. Yes. CNN writes this article, these four words are helping spread vaccine misinformation. <laughs> four little words, I know do them. your own research, no. are hurting the U.S. pandemic response. CNN's chief media correspondent Brian Stelter said on reliable sources. Now, this story is from last month, but I think it's very important because Brian Stelter also had a segment where he said, Don't go and watch the propaganda, come to us. That's how you know you're being lied to. Because I tell you this make sure you go and watch CNN. You understand their point of view. Make sure you're watching, you know, progressives and conservatives so you get a healthy diet of perspective. And then figure out what what you think is right for you. Why? I'm not an authoritarian. And I think most of the people who come on the show. Some people are authoritarian, but most people aren't. And so what that means is it's up to you to figure out what works for you and what you believe. CNN is authoritarian. They're evil. They want to keep you in the dark so that you serve them.
3: They literally told you reading WikiLeaks was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I They that.
1: literally came
3: out on national television. It's fine for us because we're journalists. But, but you, First the president. is a class, lawyer, too. He has a law degree. Exactly. Totally. Oh, it's like wow. the First
1: Amendment thing. Remember yeah. that famous thing where he's like, who said a protest needs to be peaceful? And then <laughs> Ramen Bro was just like, it's right there in the First Amendment. You just gotta look it up. I
4: think listening and believing are different, and you wanna listen with skepticism to as much as you can. Jacinda Arden, is she the prime minister of uh,
2: New Zealand? New Zealand. New Zealand. She we said, are your only
4: source of truth. Yeah. Yeah. This is like from a week ago, a video of her. Her on Twitter I saw it's so disturbing that she's telling people do not listen to these other sources do not pay attention to them we are only listen to us we are the arbiter something
2: happened to the like the sort of wealthy white liberal mind right I, I don't know why that is but like you know I basically I look at Australia and New Zealand and I'm like this is what it would be like if the wealthy white liberals were running, were completely in control of this country, right? If the Democratic Party didn't have, you know, a big part of its constituency is like minorities, like if it were just white Democrats, we would be like Australia and New Zealand. Yep, guarantee it.
1: Yep. So uh, we can every day just, um, you know. Give your respects to the right-wing nut jobs living in the mountains for helping keep this country uh, uh, balanced. I guess I'm I'm kidding by the way. But we, l- I mean, l- we
2: do have it a lot better than other places. Like you know, I, some people often are like, "Man, this." I, I've seen some like America's gone crazy. I'm like, if you want to see crazy, like there are there are much worse places to be.
4: It was so crazy what she said to an American. To well, me. Ch- yeah. check us
2: out.
1: We have it. We have it here in America. Lydia just pulled this article up. From the New York Times, don't go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Get ready for this. Yep. Critical thinking as we are taught to do it isn't helping in the fight against misinformation. Yeah, watch out. Please. <laughs> okay. Brian Selter is telling people, don't do your own research. The New York Times is saying, don't think critically. All right. <laughs> it's like Ethan Klein said, you don't even have to think about it. You just go on the website and it tells you what to do. Congratulations. Well, they want little peasant slaves,
3: and they're doing the PR bidding of the ruling establishment that wants to control them more and have every uh, aspect of their lives carefully coordinated in a way that directly benefits them. This is exactly what they're they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) They think they're sophisticated people. Well, they think they could fool everyone, and they have absolute disrespect for the general public. That's why they lie to them continually. That's why they're they're pushing this other nonsense onto people. And you know, for some people, uh, they're not wrong. But for the majority of people, uh, I, I believe they're totally wrong. And a lot of people saying, "Hey, they're telling me not to do my own homework. They're they're telling me not to do my own research. They're well, telling me well, not to critically hold on, hold on. think."
1: It, w- look, to be fair. When they say not to do your own research, they're helping you because, as we know, it would be illegal, right? You know, Chris Cuomo. It was Cuomo who said that. Yeah, yeah but WikiLeaks. Like,
2: we can look at these documents because we're see? journalists.
1: See now, what if you went and you did your own research and you broke the law, Luke? Don't think critically. Well, just you know, go to the just go to the government's website. The, the FBI hasn't
3: trapped people for less um, already, so that, you know maybe you're not even wrong. To be honest with you, but but again, this just shows you that that the complete. PR representation that the media really is. They're not journalists. They're not the mainstream media. They're just spokespersons for the super rich that are trying to placate you, pacify you, and make you comply
4: with every crazy demand that they have for you. Maybe some value, will, if they had rephrased this and said, like, don't believe everything you read at face value, look deeper. No, 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 no. Come do with critical thinking. Yes. Maybe think then it would make, if they had the opposite message of what they
3: had
1: now, maybe yeah, so then you can make an argument. Ian, you're, you're telling people yeah.
4: to think critically. Of course. You're telling them, they're telling people to do the opposite. And either they're, Not to. Either they're idiotically conflating the the, the the definition of thinking critically and don't believe everything you see at face value, or they're blatantly... Attempting to mislead people to become sheep, led to slaughter.
1: Maybe Ian is is a secret establishment shill because of course I know. (laughs) Because well, 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 (laughs) look, I'm 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 going to say this, but I'm being fair. You are Mm postmodernist, and you often placate the things they're doing and try to find justifications as if they're doing something good.
4: Uh, 2006, I started making YouTube videos. They
2: contacted me October 2006. That's that's a joke, by the way. I mean, postmodernism is a way to critique all this stuff, like once you understand what they're doing, like you start... You start reading, you know, Foucault is like one of the classic lefty thinkers, but a big part of Foucault's work is about biopolitics, like the management of a human population's health. That seems really relevant right about now, honestly. I I went through
4: a hard postmodernist phase where I started to think like that from like 2006 to 2008. And it's, there's video evidence of it. If you want to watch it on YouTube, it was pretty crazy. But having gone through it, I can now see the pitfalls as if I'm experiencing what they're experiencing. It helps, and sometimes I'll bring that up on the show, and it's really kind of out of place on this show because we're talking more about like literology.
1: You know, people don't understand too. I think I think we'll we can do the the big you know reveal. Uh, Ian actually, you know, he normally wears a
4: suit. I'm taking my shirt off. He, he,
1: he, he <laughs> normally he normally wears a suit, and he walks around with his hair done up very properly, mm-hmm. and he's got a British accent. I do two hours. This is uh, we hired an actor, and wow. we, we were like, we need a hippie
4: stoner, you know. Um, Thanks for doing my makeup beforehand, too, yeah, by the way. The yeah. way. Yeah. It's just it dirt. In makeup they just dirt. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wig. Yeah, that's true.
1: I don't know how much longer we'll uh, we'll we'll last in this world, right? In We've, politics? Well, look at what happens with Steven Crowder. Mm. Yeah. He does an, a comedy bit on a news story, and they come after him, and now there's a big story he can't talk about, and, you know... Censorship is real. We set up, we, we may have, uh, you know, timcast.com and we're working really hard. We're growing. Free is now, um, in, in the, in the ownership of the Timcast media c- growing conglomerate, which means we're going to be doing more culture content, more gun content. We're going to be having like range stuff training and, you know, maybe even some CQC training stuff. Uh, so we're growing. We're definitely growing and we want, we want to teach people responsibility. We want to inspire people to, to take care of themselves, to think critically. But, you know, we're still walking on thin ice. We're still traversing, you know, flaming field. At any moment, we could be, you know, cut back severely. It could make it very, very difficult to try and defend our, our ideals and, our, and our, our our vision.
4: I think of it as a metaphor of like we're swimming, swimming upstream, and that's the political situation. We're all trying to swim upstream together. Then when we get to the where we're going, that's there's all these other fish there, and this is the culture, and we're all kind of competing to, to get through. But then there's the gate of the dam, and that's the technology that we use. And unless we control the technology that we're using, there's no way to get up through that dam to get upstream any further. Yeah. So that's why we're building the metaverse out.
1: It's it's not just technology and it's infrastructure, right? So the technology that's being built out with the, the, the Metaverse project, I think you, you, yeah. you've been calling it, is it's infrastructure. Creating pathways for people to maintain communications, to persist as the likes of CNN and the New York Times try to curtail your ability to think or or, or literally tell you not to
3: and those are the people promoted. Those are the people in the in the algorithms, those are the people in your news feeds, those are the people you get notifications from even if you don't follow them. Other independent voices that question, that that try to have a debate here, that try to counter the narrative, that try to enter the conversation from a point of view that's not from the script, well they get hit with fake news accusations. So this is the world that we're living in more and more and their their message is becoming more and more radical. I mean, telling people – I mean, if you're at a point where you're a media institution and your main headline is, don't critically think, <laughs> like, like that's when you know you're not a part of the good guys. That's when you know you're not doing journalism. Seriously. That's when you know you're not a reporter. You're a repeater for the special billionaire globalist class that, that directly calls the shots, that pays the bills, that influences our politics more than we could even imagine.
1: But let's let's also um, you know wrap this segment up on a high note if 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 the fact that we're here having this conversation and highlighting it is proof that victory is not only possible but our mere existence and the success of this show and you know mm-hmm. the, the work you do with human events and Luke your channel it, it's proof that victory has been happening these yeah. are these are battles we win every day with all the work that we're doing I mean, and and the, for everybody watching as well supporting the work
2: and I mean you think about like vaccine mandates right 6 months ago they were saying oh of course we're not going to mandate vaccines right they were just relying on persuasion and then Six months later, they're mandating them. That's that's if properly viewed, that's a loss, right? That's an amish, a concession of defeat. Like you yeah. were not able to persuade people, and with your methods of persuasion, and so you resorted to government force, and and like in so many other ways, right? The mainstream media, corporate media, has gone from we're not worried about these competitors. We are not, you know, we are better at our jobs. We are more accurate. People are ultimately like some small fringe number of people are going to rely on crazies, but like most people will rely on us. And they've also given that up. They're like, oh, actually, we've lost that battle, too. So now we need to like lean on the social media platforms and get them to shut up our competition.
1: Yep. Yep. And when we see them try and use extreme force against parents, I got to say it, it a lot of this we, we may look. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I may fear that you know who knows how long until they try and you know take out our channel or whatever, you know, delete it. But I I will say there's a lot of indicators that they are they are struggling and they are panicking. And I mean, establishment forces—that's major corporations, that's Republicans, that's Democrats—they they they are they are struggling Mm -hmm. to maintain some kind of control.
3: When you're going after satire, when you're going after comedy, when you're going after memes, I mean, that's acts of desperation. I mean, this is what happened in Soviet level communist countries. This is what happened to, you know, my family in Poland. They made sure that, that musicians, comedy performers, uh, poets, those are the first people that the Soviet Union went after because they influenced culture. They influenced the general public in a way that motivated them through art. And if I'm ever proud of anything, I'm definitely proud of my T-shirt store. I'm definitely proud of my ideas. I'm proud of my email list. That's very hard to take away because I have a physical copy of it. I'm very proud of my members area because this is something that I've been creating. And now that they're going after art, it's truly the last kind of sign of total uh, you know, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic. I don't want to be too sensational, but, but, but we're reaching the point of absurdity. We're reaching the point that I believe is sort of dangerous because they're literally trying to hit anything that even goes against their, uh, cult, that even goes against their larger ideology, that goes against any kind of prevailing, uh, ideas that they want to throw at you. So, so, so this is, uh, absurd. I think it's definitely going to get worse. This is a symbols of a very insecure, dangerous empire that uh, because of that insecurity, is th- there, there's the danger. And uh, that's something to really look out for.
4: When you say you think it'll only get worse, what exactly do you think will Well, happen? when you
3: have such insecurity, when you have such fear by the state that they literally have to hit – uh, satire, comedy, art, and and run uh, attack pieces on anyone who goes against them. Look what's happened to Kyrie Irving. He's being attacked viciously. He just came out with a statement today saying it's it's not about money, it's about freedom. Um, and 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 he's he's making a a very important stand here. But everyone in the establishment, every sports commentator, is recurgitating the same lines against them, the same talking points. they yeah, should them. shut up and dribble, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much that's the points that, that they're We're making A whole about bunch
2: him. of white people telling a black man to shut yeah. up and dribble. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Well, I think it's funny, right? Who, was it? who said that first? Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram Laura was Ingram. one who did, did say it. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about LeBron, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think the difference is, and we mentioned this the other day, is that LeBron was opining on politics that had nothing to do with his game, whereas Kyrie Irving is saying, like, they're not letting me play unless I submit to this and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So the, you're very different circumstances. It seems like
2: the Republicans have the opportunity to be like the ultimate workers' rights party.
1: I, I do want to say too, a, stu- a stupid comment from, from, uh, Ingram. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. No, like, look, yeah. you know, I kind of, I feel like the last, you know, five years, there have been moments where you're like, okay, that was kind of dumb. Right. Like you, and you look back at sort of 2010 era GOP behavior and you're like, eh, not, not the greatest. Like, that's kind of tacky, especially when they, you know, sort of demean workers and laud like CEOs and corporate people. You
1: know, um, when when I, when I was talking talking to Charlie Kirk about a lot of these issues, he says he said, you know, the conservatives weren't ready for these things, talking about like populist ideas in the working class. Not 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 the working class specifically, but there's a lot of things where he was like, we didn't realize this, like the corporations and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, like, I uh, Jack Murphy mentioned that. When the Republican Party said okay to gay marriage, that allowed him to be like, oh, okay, I can I can embrace this party right now. I actually feel like what's happening is the Republican Party has shifted to the left thanks to Donald Trump. A lot of independent voters were like, he's the guy I'm going to vote for because his politics align closer with mine. Populism, fighting back against the establishment, less so with with traditional conservative conservatism or anything like that. So now I I, I see, you know, in this battle, there's a more moderate right concerned Mm -hmm. about what's going on i think that builds a bigger coalition and more optimism i suppose i
2: I think so too and i mean there's there's some democrats who are ringing the alarm bell i mean something i guess i should have brought up for discussion is there's this op-ed or about this guy david shore who was on obama's polling team and he's like a socialist but he's one of these people who's like hardcore poll analyst reader and he's like ringing the alarm bells at democrats because he's like hey guys donald trump is really good for the republican party as a general matter because he reoriented their policy positions and their, their base to give them huge structural advantages in the Senate and the electoral college. And like, basically he's like, we need to radically restructure. you know, we need to add States. We need to do all these crazy things in order to win. Um, but like when Democrats are saying that the point is like, yeah, Republicans are, you know, I'm, this is why I'm not blackpilled at all. Like, you know, if, if we can get past social media censorship and some of the other shenanigans, Republicans have a much more po- popular policy platform than they did ten years ago,
1: but you know what's really funny? If you look at the polling data, the Democratic Party mostly likes the Democratic Party. The Republican voter mostly dislikes the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, amazing. It's it <laughs> like, is funny
2: that way. It's like they're just you know maybe eventually these congressmen will will finally kind of rotate out.
1: We we there is a record number of people running as my understanding for uh, in the Republican uh, uh, right ra- in the races for the Republican primaries and for Congress. So I'm just saying. Too many Republicans running is actually bad news for the Republicans. But too many Republicans running in the primaries is really good news. Yeah. That's what needs to happen.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, also without, you know, any sort of suicide pact type stuff. Like, I mean, I, again, I'm going back to, like, Lynn Wood being like, don't vote for the Georgia Senate candidates.
1: I you see you see that lie? They put it there like Donald Trump told people not to vote.
2: No, that it's, was Lynn Wood. It's,
1: it's, it's insane. The story just came out, Daily Beast reporting that Trump said... That if they don't something if, if they if they don't like sort through the fraud, then Republicans won't be voting in 2022 or 2024. <clears throat> he didn't say not to vote. He was expressing his his opinion that people wouldn't have trust in the elections and wouldn't come out.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I've, you know I'll again be I really am kind of annoyed by comments like that because Trump was president. He was. Right. He was in power to. He had the ability to do some stuff. Now he's not. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to blame anybody for like not getting the stuff done that needed to be done before the election, blame yourself. Yeah. Like you were, you—that was your job.
3: Not to be too nihilistic, but I don't think we could vote our way out of this mess. Personally, myself, that's just my opinion. It might be too uh, black pill for some people, but I do think it, it's going to be art. It's going to be culture. It's going to be memes. It's going to be ideas. It's going to be individuals standing up for their personal individual liberties and being personally responsible for themselves. Moving away from, from such a draconian totalitarian system and deciding that they're going to be taking care of themselves by being happy, healthy, uh, and productive as much as they can. And I think the reason that the state thrives off of so many people who don't think, people who are unhealthy, it, it, it's motivated in a way where you not being fulfilled you being weak makes the state stronger so i think if anything's going to happen if there's ever going to be a change it's citizenry deciding to take care of themselves take personal responsibility be happy healthy and prosperous and that will eventually reverberate and reciprocate into people moving away from the state and moving towards their own kind of individual
4: liberty yeah you pointed we, out if we can overcome the tech censorship then yeah
2: and i yeah i think that's a big we,
1: one we we we're going to go to super chats but I want to say one thing, just so I, I, that I find funny. Uh, you know, back in the day, you know, Luke and I were hanging out in 2011, 2012, and we had this joke that, you know, in 20 years or whatever, I'd be this suit wearing CEO <laughs> of a major conglomerate media company, and Luke would be this s- still independently run operation, and he'd see me coming out of a meeting, and he'd be like, Tim, why <laughs> did you, and then he'd question me, and then I'd be like, ah, oh, it's Luke, get out of here, and i <laughs> but, uh, it's a funny joke, Pretty but I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how long it's been and how much work we've put in and where we are now. You know, Luke's been doing this for a lot longer than I have. We were hanging out back in 20, 2011, and now here we are, you know, doing, doing more work, challenging these systems, fighting for freedom. And, it, and, and I feel, honestly, if you look at this new studio, I mean, we've been winning in a lot of ways. It's gotten worse. It's gotten darker. But I do believe a lot of it is because panic and fear. The establishment has been losing control. Donald Trump was a huge sign they were losing control. They freaked out. And boy, did they slam an iron fist. And that's only going to destabilize the system for them more as we grow, as we expand, and we do more work, especially thanks to all of you who are super chatting, everybody commenting, everybody liking, everybody who watch, who, go, who reads human events, who watches We Are Change, who watches TimCast, you guys, all of us together. Let's read some super chats and get down to it. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Maud dib says tim have you listened to data and picard by pogo if if not you should also here's a doom quote to accept a little death is worth than death itself chani interesting
0: great song by pogo is it we should have him
1: all right let's see andrew kemker says give ian his own show or podcast through timcast to elaborate on his ideas I
3: would love a cooking show. I think that cooking segment on the vlog was brilliant. I would love to see more personally.
4: I did a, a little gem segment earlier on the vlog. Tim, uh, the Tim, what is it? The, uh, Cass yes, Castle, Castle vlog. And, uh, it, that was really good. I agree. I would like to do a show, maybe with Andreas, like an after show late night. Like we'll call it like the late, 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 late show. Dude, you and At Andreas. F- four o'clock that, in the morning. That
2: would be like. The ultimate like i need to be high. yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the adult swim will we'll carry the, the torch uh
1: all right what do we got here um let's see carl Andrew says luke i will follow you on insta and anywhere for that matter from the poop covered sidewalks of california to the thousand yard ranges of fredamistan
3: mm. amen thank you
1: we we went to fredamistan today we rode the bikes around there's an fun. old cemetery on it from the 1700s Apparently, like, people pull up and try and – go they like they want to go, and they're like, hey, can I go to the cemetery because it's on this private property? And I don't think we're going to have a 1,000-yard range. But I think we'll have a good range, a good one. Um, it's a big property. It's like a little – there's a little hill. You know, It's not too crazy, but it will be a whole lot of fun. All I love right.
4: cemeteries, man. I grew up with a cemetery right outside my backyard. Like, there's a little fence. Oh, and wow. The big cemetery.
1: I grew up pretty close to Resurrection Cemetery where the famous story of Resurrection Mary takes place. You guys should read that ghost story. Maybe maybe for uh, Tales from the Inverted World, we can have uh, Shane investigate some of these Chicago ghost stories. I was talking to him about. I was like, dude, Chicago's got so much. Like, Bachelor's Grove, man. There's that. That's a story that needs to be written about more. Like, people have written about it, but as time goes on, more weird stuff emerges. All right, Seven Om Cruz says, Tim, you bought the wrong motorcycle. You are never going to experience the joy of a long distance ride on that rocket jokes aside, congratulations on your new ride. Stay safe and your wheel, stay safe and your wheels on the road. So I got the zero SRS. It's an electric motorcycle because we we got those Onyx bikes and people commented, those are not the Tesla of the the, the Tesla's motorcycles. Zero is. And then we looked into it and the SRS is like, oh man, I I, got to say, um, amazing motorcycle. Zero to sixty, like in a couple seconds. I was I went from sixty five to like zero in a couple seconds, which is kind of scary because I had to stop for a hard turn. It is silent. It is quiet. Just so quiet. I'm worried I'll get hit.
2: You yeah, know? I, I I mean I don't mean to be like, if you're worried about you should be worried about getting hit. So my mom was a lawyer and she did insurance defense, right? So that means like somebody. You know, it's usually like various types of injuries. And then she represents the insurance company if it goes to litigation and through her experience. And then she said to me, Will, there's two things I never want you to do. One of them is to go on a carnival ride. Right. And the second is to ride a motorcycle. (laughs) Like the, and that's just, you know, that's her thing. Like she was like, if you don't do those two things, you'll probably be okay. But the carnival rides, the temporary, you know, she's like, amusement parks, fine. It's fixed. It's very strong. Temporary carnival rides, never, I've never, ever, ever. I I got electrocuted on one
4: of those. I
1: think, I think people, uh, you know I, the way I approach the riding of the motorcycle is just I do very different things, right? So mm-hmm. when I'm getting off the highway, I do a right turn three times instead of taking a left turn. Mm-hmm. And you know it might might sound paranoid or whatever, but I, there was a story right now about this like uh, amateur skateboarder, mm-hmm. like not not like somebody who's actually paid to do it. They're called AM, and uh, he was stone cold sober riding his bike, and someone just hit him because people don't see you. So I my view of it is, look, it's not a long distance bike; its range is about 100 miles. I treat it like you know, there's a very, very high risk factor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to go with traffic. But when I'm exiting, we actually have a way we can come to the property where you don't turn left off of the highway when it went down. You turn right and then loop around and then go down. So those right turns are faster, easier, safer. Things like that. I'm not. I'm not planning on taking this bike on. You know, using it for everything. Short, short rides and stuff. But I was reading. I think it's like one in four people get
4: in an accident. Yeah, my dad was a fireman for 25 years, also named Tim. And uh, the worst injury he got was before he was a fireman on a motorcycle. He hit something on the road and flew over the front of the bike and then the bike ran him over oh. and broke his leg oh, and he has a big iron rod metal rod in his leg still to this yeah day. No, i
2: mean a good friend of ours i don't know if you know alec baker but he's like sort of in conservative world uh he worked for i think cassie dillon for a while or something mm. like that but anyway he got a motorcycle three weeks later a massive injury uh wow. broke his leg in like three places he was year of rehab so wow what happened uh i think he just got i don't know if it was hit. rear-ended but he got hit by a jeep yep and
1: that's the other thing too it's like uh yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to be taking a bike into like, I'm not going to be using it for, for regular travel. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to use it for more country stuff. Less traffic. Yeah, open
2: roads. Well, I right? mean, my, my dad, for fun. It was, he
4: was him alone with the bike and he, something oh, knocked him yeah, over the front of the thing. Hit a, you, you ran you hit himself over. Hit a deer, you know.
1: Oh. I almost hit a deer. It was running at an angle towards me. And then I was like, okay, we're going to collide. I hit the brakes and it just zoomed right in front oh, of me. Oh man, that's crazy. All right, we got some super chats here. Let's see. Jiren Johnny says, I will be losing a six figure job in the coming weeks. I've done DOD cybersecurity for almost 20 years. Company is looking at a 30 to 40% loss of manpower. So we get regular emails reminding us to comply. I shall not comply. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. I saw a post. I don't know if it's true. And they were like a company announced vaccine mandates. And then they mentioned it was an airport. I don't know if you saw this post. They were like the C terminal at some airport the restaurant owner mandated everybody get vaccine mandates. And then the next day half the staff didn't show up. So all the restaurants were closed and he sent in an email saying the policies were sinned. everyone come to work?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I have enormous respect for people who, who do not comply with the mandates and, and make meaningful and make serious sacrifices like that. Like, I don't think, I don't think everybody's in a position to do that. And I don't, I don't begrudge people who don't Right? like some people need the money. Some people like for whatever, like they need the money. They can't, they just can't be unemployed. And, Treat those people as having been coerced, right? Like they've been meaningfully coerced into doing it. But people who don't, I mean, Kyrie, I think Ky- the thing Kyrie Irving's doing is one of the most brave things I've ever seen. Dude's giving up two hundred million dollars. Two hundred. Because he's not just giving up his current your salary. He's giving up. Well, I mean, he's not. He's giving up his chances of an extension with the right. team he currently work which wow. is because yeah. and the way the NBA pay structure works. I mean, I don't know if it'll be ultimately a full two hundred million dollar loss, but it'll be substantial because if you switch teams. The, right. the amount you can sign for is dramatically reduced yes. and wow. the years are reduced too. and so. sponsorship deals and advertisements, all of that. I mean, it's, it's a very, I mean, very, very brave thing to be doing and a very like, he has a ton of skin in the game and it's just, you know, you compare this to things like, you know, widespread BLM protests where it's like, they're basically just doing what the establishment wanted. Everybody went along with it. No meaningful risk. If anything, you, you're the risk is not going along with it. Um, And you compare that to this where he's just completely out on an island with everyone from the corporations, the administration, the mainstream media, everyone just giving it to him.
1: All right. This one's a spicy one. Sonny James says, this this, this is the whole problem with the CIA and the FBI. They're lazy. They want unemployment and Postmates. It's easy to chase down people who aren't running. It's not even cool to belong to the CIA or FBI anymore. They can't even pull off a good PSYOP equivalent to working at BK. Oof. At least you get free cheeseburgers when you work at Burger King, right?
3: I think they're pretty good at psyopses, so, uh, especially if you, I don't—I I can't even mention. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's, we'll have you on the after late late, here, late show. Here,
1: here's a super chat I'm going to read. Most of it says I won't. Nick S says, and I'm going to read it verbatim: "Is Tim, you're either dumb or naive if the DOJ will do nothing in support of the January 6 rioters, but you won't read this because it's critical of why." What?
4: Well oh, put. What? What? <laughs> what? I read, I
2: read comments that are critical of me all the time. Is, I, I think his legal analysis is better than his grammar, Impossible. but it's a close war. What is he saying? I don't, I don't actually know what that means. Right, I don't know either. what he's saying.
1: Right. I think he's saying that I'm dumb if the DOJ will do nothing in support of the January 6th rioters. So that is to say if the DOJ supports the rioters,
4: I'm smart. Well, hey, read that again really quick. I, I think I got an answer.
2: Is it maybe like he's trying to say that... The DOJ won't. will we'll throw the book at the rioters, and you're dumb and naive if you think they won't. I
1: don't know. Maybe. But um, then,
2: but then we have the experience of like all these misdemeanors. Please here we
1: go. I love this one, Nick S. Here he comes again. You weren't arrested, Tim. It's called being detained. Wrong. Oh, so what's yeah. the difference? Tell him he's wrong.
2: Uh, I, Nick, you're you're wrong. I, I, when I,
1: a police <laughs> officer stops you and says you are under arrest, you are not being detained you have been arrested it's a it's like
4: a more extreme yeah. form of detention well i mean so, so
2: detained is like there's something called like a Terry stop um right like so basically if a officer has a reasonable suspicion that criminal activity is afoot they can stop you and and, and frisk you for example and uh, and they can ask you questions And in other circumstances you are being detained you are not free to leave but there's like a there's a natural like time limit on that i think you
1: know? it's like uh, most jurisdictions i think it's 45 minutes something like that it so. could be i think in illinois it might be 15 So when you're detained, they say, you ask, am I being detained? No. Then you say, okay, then I'm leaving. When you're arrested, there is no time limit and you're not free to leave. Right. However, being arrested doesn't mean you're going to be charged or processed. People don't know this because they get their information from TV shows. So when I was stopped by the cops and told three times by the supervisor, you have been placed under arrest, you are not free to leave, sit down and wait, and then left. Right.
2: And also, you you are not free to leave when you're being detained either. It's just that there's that time limit on it. And I think the standard is, like, it's a reasonable suspicion when you're being detained, right? Like, the cop just can't just stop and frisk you for no good reason at all, right? Like, you have to have, like, some suspicion. But to arrest you, right, which means that they can bring you to jail, book you, et cetera— they need, to have probable cause, they need to have probable cause that are, you, you committed a crime. So
1: there was a group of people that were surrounded by cops. This was a large black block antifa type group that had been starting fires and smashing windows. And everybody in that group got s- surrounded by all the police. And they came out and said, you have all been placed under arrest. You are not free to go. And we are now going to start loading people up into the vans one at a time. Mm-hmm. People were held there for like eight hours or something. However, for me, after the supervisor told me three times to my face outside of the formal announcement, he said, sir, you've been arrested. Just wait. And I said, I'm just letting you know I'm a journalist. And he's like, okay. Eventually, a local news outlet boss called the department and said, why are you arresting our journalists? Get them out of there. When he came to pull out, there's this little Asian woman. I was standing next to her and I held up my card and he went, okay. And he pulled me out and he goes, you got a press card. And I was like, it's right here. And I gave it to him and he goes, all right, you can leave. Mm-hmm. So when you're told several times you are not being detained, you are being arrested and you can't leave and you sit there for over an hour, that is not a detainment.
4: Do they need yeah. to tell you what you're being arrested for nope. even if they don't book you? Nope. Nope. People people
1: think like, oh, I love it. Someone said, did they read you your rights? Can That's, you please, can you please help us with this one? You're,
2: you are not guaranteed to be read your rights, and most of the time you are not. This is a, this is a TV thing, right? right. Like, cause it's like law and order, right? Like, they place the person under the arrest, walk him off with the handcuffs, and read him as Miranda rights. Generally speaking, people only read their man, Miranda rights when they're subject to a custodial interrogation, because the entire point of Miranda is so you can use the testimony in court, but if you're not interrogating someone, you don't need to Mirandize them. If right. the police
1: watch you throw a brick or see a group of people with you in it throw a brick and
2: they decide they're
1: taking, they're going to, there's going to be criminal charges against this group, they don't need to investigate any further. Their testimony is, I watched him do it. Mm-hmm. My fellow officer is a witness who watched him do it. They're not going to read you your rights.
2: Yeah. People and also, just... generally, the way it works is before, you know, you've seen the, you know, this is the thing, you know, there's the custodial interrogation room yeah. where the police officer come in and ask questions of them. Before that starts, you are handed a piece of paper, and that's how you are given your rights. Generally, is that you, you know, on the piece of paper, and you sign, you know, that you you've been made aware of your Miranda rights, and then they can come in and start questioning you. Like, yeah, but on TV how, they want to say it out loud, for right? Exposition. Right, yeah, There's like,
1: there's this famous viral video from Occupy where a woman's being arrested, and she's going, "I have not been read my rights," and it's like, so you're aware of them because you're yelling <laughs> this out. You're not being investigated for anything. They're charging you with, like, obstructing a roadway. They don't need to interrogate you to figure out you did it. Yeah. You know, people get their, get their news from TV shows and movies. Their like, legal analysis. Silencer is going
0: TV pew, pew, pew.
1: Ah. Right. Yeah, their legal analysis from watching Law & Order. All right, let's see. Blave Kaiser says, but Bill Maher says getting involved in local elections and primaries are a slow coup. He said Trump is performing a slow coup by getting involved.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Participating in democracy is a coup. Oh man. Bill Maher is so close, but he won't yeah. he won't he won't, st- he won't step over that line.
4: Oh um, maybe he will. Psilocybin? I don't know. What's it gonna be, Bill? I don't know, man. Yeah. All right, let's see. Punk Rock Fox
1: says, Tim, I am freaking out. I was able to get a ticket to your event, but the site would only allow me to grab one ticket. I wanted to and I can't leave my girlfriend behind we are both huge fans. You know are they uh, are they plus one or not? They the t- so the tickets are not plus one. Okay. The the issue is that you can bring a friend if you're a member. You can get it you can sign up to get a ticket for another person. If they're not members, they won't be let in unless they're with you. So you can get a ticket for a plus one. We we went over a lot of ways to try and figure out the best way to go about doing this. So the idea is if you are a $25 member or more, then you would get advance notice. And so right now the post is only available to people who are members at 25 or more. The $10 members didn't have access to it because we wanted to be like, for those that are really diehard fans, we want to make sure you can come. And uh, it sold out instantly. So the idea was everybody needs a plus one. People can't come by themselves. So you could click RSVP, get a ticket, and then have your friend, significant other, wife, whatever, also get a ticket. And then they could come with you, but they could only get in if they were with someone because we're going to check at the door. Which meant basically about a hundred tickets, because we were initially planning on only doing like thirty, and we we're like, we'll do a real venue, and it's just, I think the harsh realities of life is there's no way for us to do an event that would be like that would work in this way if we had a thousand tickets or two thousand tickets or three thousand, because you get to that point, it's no longer a hangout meet and greet, it's mm-hmm. just us on stage waving to you and then leaving. And which you could... the
4: Daily Wire did uh, recently. The videos on check them out um, where they have like a thousand person event. Those are cool too. So
0: what they did did was that with that was they had 300 people who got tickets to do like a meet and greet thing with them out of those 2000. Yeah. So they had a big event, but they had a very much smaller event where they actually were like shaking hands and like making people exhausted by having these small conversations.
1: I will just make sure I stress this point right now. If someone shows up and doesn't have a ticket, they can't get in because we are just going to a small private venue and we don't have the capacity so, if you have a ticket, you can come. And my apologies if we could do, could have done a better job. We will learn from this and we will do something better. But let me just stress as well: with Freedomistan, we are planning to never have this problem again because we're going to just have a big open field and we're going to have an event.
4: Perhaps the
2: Freedom, the Freedom giant event. You do like space. old Coachella type thing. Weirdly yeah, land. it's going
1: to be it's it's Freedom free, Freedomistan. You know, Freedom. I don't know land. Yeah, Freedom Freedomistan's Freedom Party or something. And then we can actually accommodate like a couple hundred more people, and then still, you know, it is difficult to hang out and meet people and play pool and watch comedy when you have like this massive, massive show. I didn't want to do a, you know, a stadium thing. I didn't want to do like a big venue, at, you know, because then it's basically just doing a show and waving to people, and they get to look at you, but then you don't get to actually hang out and meet people. But that means also smaller events. But if we, we we're planning on doing them once a month, so you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure something out. One of the one of the one of the ideas was that you can't go to two two events consecutively. So, yeah, I was
4: thinking that too. That crossed my mind. Yeah, if,
1: if, if like you've gone to the October, October event, then in November, you know, we're like, sorry, you know, you can't you come and, you know, but we got to figure it out, you know. So uh, 200 tickets were already dished out. You need a ticket to get in. We're going to be checking memberships at the door. If you, uh, uh, if you got a ticket for your friend who's not a member, they can come in with you. We'll figure it out. We're not an events company, so we should definitely well, get an events plan.
3: We, we should, and we should take the show on the road and hit every major capital and do 1,000-seat live show events. Mm-hmm. Just my personal bias.
1: Amanda Dilt says, Tim, fix the sword. You talk about gun edict. Sword edict is point,
4: edge da- point
1: down, edge down.
4: I see. In case someone uh, puts their hand like
1: that, you don't want them to get cut on the blade. I guess the concern was that we didn't want, want to actually rest the blade against anything but we'll flip it over. Yeah. Although they're not I guess it's technically a real sword. Like we have the Zelda you know you know what I want to do? We should do this. We should take the master sword and like actually make it a sword. That thing? Yeah, the 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 the, the master sword from Zelda yeah, is actually just it. a big piece of metal. It's not actually a sword, but you know, we'll do we'll do that. All right, let's read some super chats. Okay. Downey Jr. says, Hi, Tim. Please have a look at freespeechunion.org. They provide legal support in the UK for cancel culture victims. Douglas Murray is a director. It's similar to what you suggested to James O'Keefe. Search Nick Buckley's story. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds cool. freespeechunion.org.
4: I have the big fat blade here. This would, be, yeah. this would make a, a good real sword.
1: It is not real. It is not sharp. It has a plastic hilt that will shatter in two seconds if you actually tried to use that thing. Yeah. It's higher pitched than that
4: yeah yeah that's how he does it
1: okay let's see roberto Lara says tim memes were basically the main focus in the game metal gear rising revengeance check it out tim or ian also cluck cluck that's right roberto is the name of our rooster and you, roberto I, Ju- roberto jr is his son
4: i looked out the window about 8 30 this cool. morning and i saw tim walking Like this, with two chickens on his arms, just walking.
1: I did have two chickens. I thought it was hilarious. We We call them the poo babies because three babies hatched, and they just, you know, because chickens just crap everywhere. They'll, like, walk over to their food dish, eat, turn around, and just dump right into their food. So, you know. That's what they so do. Gross. Wow! Yeah, the joke is that they're smart enough not to drink their water after they crap in it, but they're not smart enough not to crap in their own water. <laughs> That's chickens. <laughs> so yeah, they're 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 big enough now. Um, I think they're I think they're the pole hen stage, but no, no, they're not. They're not. They're, they're still pullets. And and but uh, Roberto oh. Jr. is getting big. He he he's Roberto's son. He's going to be a rooster. And he went bah! like he tried. He's trying. He's he's bless his heart. Do you think uh, of him?
4: he's getting trained by Roberto of how, how to scream?
1: You know, interestingly, I was worried that the mm-hmm. older chickens would abuse them. And they did nip at them, like at their faces. But for the most part, they're chill. They're all, they're all super chill. Yeah, the original older chickens, the parents and everything, just like look at them and like get all confused and look at me and then just walk away. The most they do is they like, you know, jump at them and then just go back about their business to like shoo them away. But uh, yeah, 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 the chicken babies are getting pretty big. So I was trying to move them,
4: you know, away from. It was one really kid. funny to look out the window and see Tim walking with chickens on his arms. Two of them. One, and it looked really balanced, like he was like the lady of the blind, lady of justice, like the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Wolf says Ian fingers cows confirmed. I never have technically, but Alex technically. Jones did. Uh, yeah, technically never. Just in my mind. Uh, yeah, Alex confirmed that it does feel good. To put your finger in a cow's mouth. You just don't want to upset the cow while you're doing it. And you want to make sure it's a, it's a kind of... I mean, I would don't do it. I'm I not have, saying to do it. I'm just saying. I
2: genuinely would not have guessed that Alex Jones would have uh, that level of expertise. His dad is a farmer. Putting, mm-hmm. uh, His dad, yeah. See.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Manifest des- Manifested Destiny says, I think Sanjay was a compromise between Rogan and CNN to avoid litigation. Sanjay laid down for CNN. Joe got to humiliate him. I think Joe figured out when too much money is too much money. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Joe reached out and, and like a, had a legal letter, and they were like, "What can we do?" And then he, and then maybe,
2: maybe he'd rather he's like get on the show, explain maybe, it. But no, up, because, I just think Sanjay just go. Nah, maybe. Sanjay's well, hold on. Maybe Sanjay didn't it. know.
1: To Joe's audience, Sanjay Gupta saying you are right. I mean, that kind of resolves a lot of the defamation claim, right? Yeah, the, but
2: then why would they let their own people double down and claim that they weren't right? Like, if that's CNN's, true. you uh, know, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense that they let Lemon and, and Aaron Burnett have Sanjay on to make him, like, recant. Yeah.
1: Gotta sue him. Manuel Delgado says Tim and Will, you complain and rag on the Republicans. Fail to acknowledge that the majority are boomers and corporate shills. We need young blood running this country. William, you sound more like a rhino.
2: Ooh. Oh, Ooh, savage. Gosh, that's <laughs> liar. I know. Gosh, like, what do you <laughs> that's mean? That's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I think Republicans should win, and and it's good that we're Trumpist, except that I don't think, I like. Think,
1: I think Rhino's a compliment. I,
2: I mean. Rand Paul is a rhino, you know why? Yeah. Because he's the outlier. The
1: Republican Party is the party of McConnell and Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. Rand Paul's like the one guy who's actively Josh like Hawley. yeah And yeah,
2: like I don't know how you I mean if, if you think that Josh Hawley and Ron DeSantis and, and Ted Cruz and Cotton like the, my god Peter Thiel my guys are the rhinos then like I don't know what Republican Party you're a part of but mm. it's not the one I understand that exists and it's and it's it's a very weird one. It's like it's like the people who said like basically. I wonder if the critique is that I'm not neocon enough or something. I don't know. I don't know. Brandon D says Joe Rogan engaged Sanjay in verbal jujitsu
1: and got the submission.
0: Of course, <laughs> he's Joe. All
1: right, James Garlic says Tim. I watch all of your content every day. Unfortunately, I always have to go to your channel to watch your two daily Timcast, as it's shadow banned for me to keep up uh, for, for me. To keep up the good work, all of you. You know. That's uh that's 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 what YouTube does. Yeah, you
4: can yeah. go to his channel and go through a bunch of videos. Like open up like 30 or 40 of his videos and like them all and like like a bunch of videos from the channel. Well, nah, no, no, we don't want to no, call no, for no, spamming. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no, but no, that no. that seems to tell the algorithm I want no, to see more no, of this. No. no. That's why I watch, like stuff. No,
1: if somebody watches a video they can press like. Otherwise, you can find the channels youtube.com/ I see. Okay.
3: Yeah, they need to watch the video and then decide if they like it.
1: Right. Yeah, better, if so. okay. if you if you like it, you like it. So be sure
4: to like the videos you watch that you like. If you like, exactly, because yeah. that's what He'll I've been doing with IRL, out. and it, it pops up in my feed.
0: Yeah,
1: there you go. Poofy says, "Yo, do that Ethan Klein impression
2: again." I don't remember how I did it. Uh, you don't even
0: like have this. to. You don't have to read, bro. Yeah,
2: you, you to, don't
1: even have to read, yeah, bro. You gotta you think about
0: listen. it. Listen, yeah, you don't have to think about it.
2: Yeah, I'm the independent
1: voice. That's right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Is he really doing that show with Hassan? Are they really doing no. that? No, that was a joke.
0: <laughs> I think it was a joke. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's.
1: Like, I, I, even Klein is, is, you know, well, well entitled to do his, you know, commentary on pop culture and stuff. But, like, man, telling, telling people not to to be, to purposefully be irresponsible and not actually, like, consult doctors was just one of the most ridiculous. I I thought the whole
2: Crowder stunt was ridiculous. The one where, the one where he, like, you know, agreed to a debate and then he, like, brought on somebody else to do the debate that he had agreed to. Like, Dude's, dude's kind of weak. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't watch his content, but every time I hear about something he says or does, it's like embarrassing and, and clownish. Chris Crow says, Tim, your game room is lacking
1: a pinball machine. Yeah, pinball machines cost like seven grand.
0: Yeah, I was talking about it wow. the, the other day. Yeah, <laughs> we a need a one. Yeah.
1: And they're really noisy. But that was the first thing I wanted. I was like, I want to get a pinball machine. And then I looked at the price and I was like, I don't want to get a pinball machine Hmm. anymore. Uh, But the arcade machine with like 30,000 games on it was way cheaper. Oh, I played some Mario Brothers today. I'm talking
4: the OG Mario Brothers. That's a high score contest. I think I I can beat that because I got really far the first time I played on One Life. All right.
1: Okay. Nick in the focus says, Tim, make an app with audio and or video. My pocket keeps clicking off your videos while I'm working. If you use the Brave browser, apparently this allows you to sleep your phone and have the audio keep playing. Because Brave is awesome. Yeah. We use Brave. I have Actually done you it can before. see the, yeah. you can see the little Brave symbol. Brave is incredible. Yep. All right, let's see what we got. Colin P says Sanjay's book publisher sent him to Rogan not CNN.
2: Hmm. Interesting. That's probably I could see that. For sure, right? Like the book publisher being like, you need to build your own platform. You need a chance to market this to a big audience. I mean, it's one thing to just get a random small CNN hit. It's another thing to be able to go on Rogan, which has a huge audience and then have their attention for hours.
1: Yeah. Vince R says, why hasn't anyone asked to spin that UFO? Spin it.
2: I'm spinning it. Oh, oh,
1: oh. Ian is going to spin that UFO.
4: And if if you're a real Adam Krigler fan, you know this isn't Adam's UFO. His is silver. Mine okay, is black.
1: That, that's still my. That's still that's my. Technically, UFO. still t-
4: Adam's yeah. UFO is still technically Tim's UFO. If you're a real Adam Krueger so, fan, you would know that that was. Tim's well, so UFO. what
1: happened one day is uh, he was doing his show, and my phone's Bluetooth was on while I was listening to some music video or something. And when I walked past the hallway, it automatically automatically connected to the UFO and then started playing music because it's a Bluetooth speaker. That's so. amazing oh.
0: and hilarious.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, it was funny. I
2: know you're <laughs> so, out there, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Someone's, I've convinced a 23-year libertarian not to vote DeSantis. I saw that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, Daniel Williams says, okay, I don't
1: like Will anymore. And you have convinced a 23-year libertarian not to vote DeSantis. (laughs) Why?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, I'm not a libertarian, so my arguments are not libertarian. So it's unsurprising that I am not persuasive to libertarians. To libertarians. All right. KJ9109 says, you
1: talked about artists being shut down. This is part of why NFTs are blowing up. The art is immutable on the blockchain, with a vibrant counterculture forming. Curio Cards, CryptoPunks, and Rare Pepe's were early trailblazers. Creating, uh, check out what artists are doing. We are going to be launching a bunch of NFTs, so we're going to be doing. You know, you know. I think one of the best things that anyone can do for, especially a show like this, is sell and give away as much of our stuff as possible. So, like Ian's Obsidian
4: Run. Oh, I love these things.
1: We could, we could do a giveaway. You know, where we like, we'll do like half to charity and half to the company or whatever to support our journalists. Or we can be like for our Open Network Foundation. So we could say something like, you know, uh, we, we have, uh, uh, yeah, like Ian's Obsidian Rock could be put up and like, if you want to get this, it's Ian's rocks. He has every he hands them to everybody. And then that money can go to fund the Open Network Ooh, Foundation. These are, we'll these are great, by the way. Right.
2: This is a wonderful, like, almost fidget spinner type yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: right. And then we're going to do NFTs, the same thing. So there can be like an NFT version. And then someone could buy it, and then we use that money to fund the nonprofits, the charities, Mm -hmm. the the fact checking. Something
4: I want to do with the nonprofit charity that we just started is not only will we be paying the developers that are building out the metaverse, but I think we can use charity funds to host a node to actually host bandwidth. And that can be like part of the charity function. Yep,
1: server space, actually, you know, making it work. So we're going to do NFTs, we're going to do event auctions, we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff and you know the 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 most important thing I think for people is that, you know, having a having a part of the show, having a part of the art, having something that like allows you to be a part of it and have something unique no one else can have. Like if if we sold this like only you would have it. Only the one person who got it would actually have it. And that would be you unique along with the NFTs. With that being said, my friends, make sure you smash that like button. It's great, greatly appreciated. And you uh, you subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. You can follow us uh, everywhere at TimCast IRL. We were banned on TikTok. We might get reinstated. Who knows? I have no idea. But maybe. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. So make sure you follow me on all these wonderful places. You can follow me on Instagram, too. And, uh, Will, you want to shout anything
2: out? Sure, yeah. Um... Follow me on Twitter at Will Chamberlain. I also do Periscopes. I was doing a daily show. I'm probably going to go back to it, but we we had to do a pause for various internal business reasons. Also at Human Events, um, that's humanevents.com.
3: And I will never stop crack (laughs) posting top quality memes on Instagram. At Luke, we are changed. But if they do take me down, sign up on my email list, which is available on wearechanged.org. And, and if you're asking about the shirt, you could only get it on lukeuncensored.com. It's only for members. There's no profit, and it's our uniform. So uh, thanks, guys, for supporting me and having me here. It's uh, always fun to be
4: able to say whatever i want when i want Mm -hmm. and to be able to express myself here so thanks so much i would only ask lydia that you cue up the wide shot i want you guys at home to uh wherever you are listening to see if you can spot that gorilla with the obsidian between his legs when this shot comes up
0: let me see if i can
4: i'm ian crossland only give him a few seconds of it though see if they can spot it in time
0: okay Okay, there we
1: go we need need to do a fake credits so that we can do
4: the
0: wide shot and then and we'll we'll play like Just put Orwell in there.
3: Put 1984, the whole book, but make it go really fast. (laughs)
0: There you go. (laughs) That'd be great. I love that. You guys, I am also having. Oh, here. See? I have to switch the camera still, and I always forget to do it. You're getting good at it. Trial by fire. Oh cool! Um, I'm also have a similar. I'm having a similar fight with Instagram right now. They're taking down my old memes. I've never posted anything unkind, nothing rude, nothing bullying, and they're threatening to take my whole account down uh, over stuff that I posted well over a year ago. So if you guys would like to follow me on Instagram, I am at Real Sour Patch Lids over there, and on Twitter, I am Sour Patch Lids. Thanks, guys.
1: We will see you all over at
0: Timcast.com for that special members only segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.
1: plus